Okay, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Bet Online, our exclusive wagering partner. Bet Online, of course, where you get all your action on NFL football. Bet Online AG is the place you want to go. More options to wager than anywhere else online. So, online today, take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50 to get you 50% off your initial deposit. Oh, yeah. That's right, baby. I'm the first one over here. I just want to say that all the boomers. Yeah, that's right, John. I beat you. Beat you. The boomers had to uh, figure out the long way to get here, but <laughs> Jimmy's dance. First, again, I want to thank everybody for coming over to the locker room. Jimmy was that dude that I used to write first on videos on YouTube. <laughs> you were that guy. <laughs> Immediately, first. Even if you were second or third, well, whatever. First. That's it. That's it. Um, so it we're took here. me all year. It took me all year to be the first one on, on the locker room, but I made it. We're here, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna do what we do. We'll hang for as long as you guys want to hang. Um, some of us might hang longer. Some might drop off. It yeah, is I'm what dropping it is. off for sure. Jimmy, Jimmy was dubious whether uh, we we didn't even know he was gonna join at all. But we'll keep the party going a little bit longer. We have a lot of our regulars. We're gonna hear from you guys. We want to work in some new voices as well. I'm already seeing a few new ones in here, so I'm going to start off right out of the gate. We're going to go to Finn. Finn, what's up? Finn. El Finn, like the Celtics season. El Finn. Yep. Yeah, done. pretty much. Uh, what's, what's up, up bro? Finn? Not much. What do you got? For- well, I mean, honestly, like, it sucks that the Celtics are done playing, but at the same time, like, it's nice, to, like, it's nice that it's finally over because that was just so dreadful. You, yeah, you, you 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 did a 180. I, I was going to disagree with you immediately when you said it sucks the season ends, but you're right. The season, this season to me, and I've said it on this show and all the others. I was like three months ago. I was I was done with this season. I was done with this specific team, and really nothing changed from three months ago till now. I mean, it really you could make the case that things got worse. So this season needed to end. I think even John mentioned it uh, a few weeks ago. We were just talking about like certain specific seasons that when it ends you're just kind of at peace with it and you're just kind of ready to you know kind of get on with uh with the off season so i think that's kind of where i'm at with this right. with this squad we, we we received a terminal diagnosis a long right. time ago here and this you know this team's been on hospice care for a while so like yeah it was let's this was over i mean jalen obviously ended it for sure gave you took away any fighting chance but everybody knew uh, what this team was and where it wasn't going, uh, and that's it. We got everybody I in got, here, f- full house, Sherrod, Bobby, and Josue all in here following I, Jimmy's lead in the locker room. Of um, course. Yeah, go ahead, Jimmy. I got some quick – I got some intel that Finn is actually the brains behind our Instagram account. So What? That's the intel that I got. I don't oh, know if hey, it's true. But Finn, appara- you waited this long, buddy? I've met Finn, you. We've apparently, met. He, well, he's 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 I maybe he can answer in the message, but you gave him the quick hook, so I, I, I that's the intel I got. Finn's a wizard. So, what's the Instagram account handle exactly? Because it's a great. Yo, account. I was thinking that because I'm looking at his graphic and I'm like, his graphic really familiar. The font and everything. Yeah, what's up? What is our Insta- What is the actual Instagram? I don't want to. I'm gonna just put it up. It's just at Celtics CLNS. All right. Well, it's a great account. If you're a Celtics fan, this is a to me. It's one of the best 
best Celtics accounts going. And, and Finn, thank you very much for all the uh, posts this year, man. Yep. Thank you, Finn. Um, let's bring in uh, – let's go with Rahul. Dude, I'm watching the wrong damn game. Apparently this, this hey. other game is amazing. Hey, guys. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yep. Hey, what's going on? Hey, uh, this the is Rahul from, uh, from India. I don't know if you have anyone from India before on the show, but hey, uh, that's I figured I'd represent. We, we oh, have, thank you, bro. But, but we love it. Awesome. Uh, I just want to say, first of all, I'm a big fan of you guys. I mean, yeah, you know, like the season's been pretty crappy, but, uh, get, you know, hearing you guys uh, chit-chat and speak, um, you know, about the game and just, Cracking jokes and stuff like that has been a major treat, and uh, you've actually made my lockdown period in India uh, worthwhile. <laughs> you know, so uh, oh, thanks man. you guys for that. Thank you, um, that, man. And we're, we're thinking about you guys over in India, man. It's crazy what's going yeah, on. Yeah, it's there. it's yeah, it's pretty. It's getting better. It's a little shitty right now we're over here, but it's getting better. So yep. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So uh, well, thanks for following. Yeah, we've got oh, jokes. we've got jokes. Bobby's got knowledge. That's right. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, all you guys have your own uh, unique take about things, and, uh, no, it's been – it's amazing, you know, you guys. Uh, I've, I've actually tried to get on this uh, chit-chat before with uh, – when Kendrick was uh, oh, yeah. was on, but, unfortunately, uh, the app kept crashing on me, so every time, you you know, John would, like, ask me to, to speak, and then he would just crash. <laughs> so, well, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll tell you this. The good news is uh, Perk's going to come on at least one more time probably right at the start of the off season and then maybe beyond that as well. Uh, but we know we've got him coming on at least once more. Also, even though there's no post-game shows, we are going to continue doing these, um, you know, YouTube shows uh, and on our CLNS uh, streaming platforms. And then we're going to jump over to Locker Room like we've been doing. We're still going to do that a couple times a week and talk about different things. We'll probably have a few themed shows and then we'll definitely get into it when the season ends into free agency, into the draft. Um, so there'll be a lot more opportunities, but anyway, what do you, what do you got? Uh, well, you know, I mean, we all know how the season panned out, you know, I mean, there's nothing to really talk about as far as that is concerned. I'm just thinking about the, the off season and what we can do with the trades and things like that. I just sort of had a suggestion, maybe, I don't know if it makes sense or it works or, I mean, I'm not an expert as far as all these money deals and things like that. Of course, you know, as a layman, I'm sort of thinking about it and, I just sort of thought that what if if this was a possibility where I mean I believe the Celtics have uh, Fournier's uh, bird rights right so I mean if you sort of say sign him right uh, four years whatever the amount is uh, hopefully it's fifteen million and not more than that I I hope it's not twenty <laughs> you know but uh, you know if you sign him and then sort of like trade him to Sacramento for Harrison Barnes for example and. Uh, then you sort of trade, uh, you know, uh, Marcus Smart and Christian Thompson to uh, uh, the Pelicans for uh, Lonzo Ball, and you have Kemba coming off the off the bench. Wouldn't that sort of be a little more dynamic as far as also keeping monies in perspective and having leaders on, you know, uh, off the bench in that aspect? Uh, would that sort of help in maybe making things better for for the team as far as a dynamic thing is concerned? I I think there's I, – I, I don't – you know, I, I can't speak specifically to those trades, but I do think, you know, Fournier and Bob Bobby's on this train. I think you have – we think you might have to sign him 
because you can't, you need the asset, you know, at the very least. And, and if you end up trading him, I don't think you can, you can't sign and trade him right away, but you can trade him later, uh, versus letting him walk and then having nothing. So I think you, you kind of got to make, you kind of got to make an effort to sign him. Hmm. Well, you know, the only reason why I was, I was considering it is only because, you know, you need a, a good, I mean, a, a good four and a veteran four in that aspect. And, and Harrison sort of probably fits in that, that criteria. And, you know, like, because, you know, Kemba, you, he'll, his knee is going to deteriorate as time goes by. So if he comes off the bench and he has limited minutes and you have the option of having Lonzo, you know, being, you know, coming into the, the Celtic uh, camp and uh, giving that kind of uh, minutes, of, of course, and having that pass first kind of uh, point guard, just like you had suggested, John, you know, I mean, I think maybe that dynamic might just kind of work and it will also get rid of all the Kyrie loving fucking players which are there on this team you know i mean like it's it's fucking annoying just to see like all these guys just hugging and loving him and you know and i'm just like if you get rid of all most of them and you get rid i mean grant i you can't get rid of him right now but you know uh semi he he's he, he you know he'll probably go um and uh you know you you develop obviously uh romeo uh neesmith uh, pritchard and uh parker you know i i still believe you know if small he can be the four or five, you know, I think that could be maybe a, a lot more dynamic, maybe just get another guy who's like a beast, uh, like a dog, as you, as you guys mentioned, uh, mm-hmm. you know, giving that kind of, uh, you know, depth on the bench. I think that maybe might be a kind of team that might then compete rather than the way things have sort of gone. I, I, I still feel like Brad, uh, honestly, I feel like you can, Give him one more year. I, I feel like, you know, yeah, it's been a shitty year for him. I, I know people on this podcast have sort of mentioned uh, to fire him and all that stuff. But, you know, my, I, I just feel like if you want to get rid of anyone, I think you should get rid of Danny simply because, you know, he's been there for like 20 plus years now as a, as a GM or maybe less or more or whatever. But, you know, I think a fresh voice as far as, far as the uh, the front office is concerned is more – uh, you know, what is more needed rather than maybe firing Brad. I think keep, keep him one more year, get rid of Danny, and maybe have a change of philosophy maybe from that perspective. Well, th- th- Rahul, Some good thanks. ideas. Sharad, let me ask you uh, or anybody here, but you would have to imagine, it's interesting because the assumption has always been Danny's back, Brad's back, but if something were to happen, it would probably happen pretty freaking soon. Like, day, like in days. Right. Like, yeah, you're I mean, so, you know, you talk about could something explosive happen during this offseason? Absolutely. But if it's with the with the with the with the with the GM or the coach. But if so, it probably happened in the next. It happens soon. You're not dragging it out and waiting and, you know, this and that. You want to start thinking about it, talking about the next moves, uh, you know, uh, thinking about new candidates, having your pick of the litter. Like you're going to want to make you're going to want to act fast if that's the case. Because yeah, I mean, it, it, important off. Yeah, it it definitely will not be something that that will be slow walk. Uh, they'll move quickly, and they should. I mean, even if they were to do something internal, like you know, bump up Zarin and 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 and, and something of that stature, it still would be something that would be done in a fairly quick manner, and it will more likely than not, if they were to go that route all the dominoes would just kind of fall into place at one time. Like the whoever would would succeed 
you know, Danny would be in place and then their next in line would be in place and they would kind of boom, 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 all that at one time. Right. It wouldn't be piecemeal together. So, yeah, that would absolutely uh, happen if, if, if sooner rather than later. Danny and say you're looking at like a very big name free agent GM type that's out there right now. And let's say you in your mind decided I'm going for that. That person's going to get a chance to decide whether or not Brad is coming back. And that person's also going to make need need a little time to make that decision. Uh, and then you want to be able to do, I, yeah. And so all I totally this, agree with what you just said. That, that's exactly what I'm saying, that maybe Danny should be the one maybe, you know, deciding to retire and, you know, have Brad just stay, maybe change up his, his, uh, his coaching staff. Because, you know, I think it's gotten, gotten a bit stale also. You know what I mean? Like you need fresh ideas. You need uh, uh, new people just to give you like, uh, you know, put you on the edge, right? Like if Brad is – if you're saying that Brad is on the hot seat and you have, you've changed the coaching staff, at least he would want to like try to uh, put in a little more of a different effort to, to, to change things up rather than sticking to the philosophy that is already there. Right. So, I mean, like uh, uh, if you're in a different difficult situation, you know, like those new coaching staff can, can give you that, uh, that different idea that maybe, you know, uh, that will make you a little more dynamic, but, you know, I, I, that's why I just sort of feel like if Brad just stays for one more year and then maybe proves himself and like have Danny maybe retire and just or get a new GM or so whatever, I think that might just help in maybe giving a new take on things rather than the way things are just going for the past, I don't know, 20 years or something since since the trade of Garnett and all those guys. It's been the same, you know, I mean, it's I just that's sort of what I, I feel like that should maybe be the way forward as far as the team is concerned. I just my only thing is with Danny Ainge, I just from a from a guy who's such a competitor who obviously has brought this team to brought a championship, almost brought a second one and has just been putting this team in place to to, to get back to that stage. I just don't see him bowing out before that happens. I mean, maybe if this team was in better position to compete for a championship, I, w- I, c- I could say, okay, you know, he feels comfortable with the roster and he thinks that maybe even from afar he can help direct things. But for the most part, things are all set in place. Until that happens, I, I just – I don't know. Maybe – I do think the end is around the corner. And I know it's kind of easy to say, but the only reason why I truly believe that is because, one, obviously all the time he's, he's spent here, almost 20 years. And also he's – I feel like he's sort of hinting at it, right? I mean, uh, a recent radio interview he was talking about that he, he actually had that thought about walking away. He doesn't feel that way anymore. But I think just by him really, – uh, uh, revealing that telling comment shows where his head is at, that maybe the end is soon, but he's still, you know, one or two pieces away from, you know, calling it, okay, I did my best. I'm ready to move on. And someone else can take my place. Yeah. My God, CJ McCollum just stepped out of bounds with nine oh, seconds left. Yo, I saw that. Bad. Da- down yeah, three. And oh. that was after, uh, who was that? Norman Powell who missed that dunk? Who missed that dunk in the last Yeah, missed a dunk. Um, Jeez. Oh, that's terrible. How do you, uh, yeah. you just got to let in you Melo got a defensive thing. stop on Jokic, man. You got to take We've it. seen a lot of him, that man. this year, that out-of-bounds thing. What is it? Like, did everyone just, I thought it was just lose their depth perception? Everyone's doing it now. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was it's the most thing, common. But... I swear, I watched the NBA for thirty years, and like one time, someone stepped out of bounds. It happens like five times a game. I, I don't get it. Uh, <laughs> Just this year, f- bigger yeah, friggin', sneakers now. Fr- friggin' millennials, you know, no boundaries. Uh, Raheel um, is here. What's up, man? What's going on, guys? It's my first time getting through to you. Nice finally talk to y'all. Uh, what up, man? All right. 
I, I, I agree with you. How you doing? doing I'm a, I'm okay. Well, I'm glad the season over. I'm glad the season over. Uh, put me out of my misery. Uh, yeah. But I agree with you. I agree. Danny, yeah. I don't think I don't think Danny's not, I don't think Danny's going anywhere. I don't think Brad's going anywhere. I definitely think oh, that no all the all the end of the bench guys. I think John was saying something about it. All of the end of the bench guys gotta go. They they they're not really good basketball players. I yeah, they just gotta go. And um, we can't really do much about Kimba. It's already been say, stated. <laughs> Hold on, real so. quick, not to not to cut you off, man. But whoever's doing the uh, voice to text thing, uh, your mic's on. Your mic's hot. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think it was Sherrod. It was Sherrod. I booted him. Someone in the chat goes, "Who's trying to seduce me?" <laughs> <laughs> That was ominous. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, bro. Not to cut you off, man. You, I, I like what you're saying. I honestly I, just I assumed it, it was the voices in my head. I know you heard no, it, but he, but he has the floor, so he has to keep it. Was like, it, was like, was... it was like yeah. Harry Potter, like parcel tongue, like this weird like uh-huh. snake t- language. Sherrod, no more whispering. Go ahead, uh, Raheel. Yeah. Continue on with your point. Sorry about that. Yeah, I don't – like I said, I don't think uh, we could do anything about Kemba. Push come to shove, you just gotta, you know, see what you can do with him off the bench. But I just, I, positional size, we're small. We're we're small at the guard position. We're small, and we like guys that can actually make shots, like they consistently make shots. And yeah, I know we're young, and I do have faith in some of the young guys. They shown flashes. A lot of them haven't. A lot of them haven't. But some of them shown flashes. Like Romeo has shown flashes. The guy can play defense. The guy can play defense. He can get to the basket sometimes. I, I think he needed more time. I think he needed more time. I think Brad's uh, rotation, that's the one thing I don't like about Brad Stevens. I love him schematically. Like, he calls great plays. He, he He's a good schematic coach. And, and defensively, he, he focuses on the right things. We can't execute. We, we don't have the IQ to execute. But he focuses on the right things. His rotations, like, his faith in his guys kill me. Like it, they murder me because he'll 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 keep riding with a guy regardless of no matter what he sees. And uh, I like Jabari. I like the Jabari pickup. I got news for people. He's staying. Danny got him for the low. He showed some flashes. He's gonna be a low a low uh a, a low impact on a, on the salary cap. They're gonna keep him for at least next year. I see that. And uh, yeah, what you guys think? Positional size, though positional size, and shooting. Yeah, uh, and and maybe a real point guard. I agree. Pass first, not a score. Pass first. Yeah. IQ. Agreed. IQ. 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 Yes. Yeah. All of that. Team I agree IQ. with. I, I I agree with that. I think I think I'm willing to I'm willing to give Brad a, a another chance because. I do think that he he is a smart coach. I just I, I I that's why when we were talking about earlier in the YouTube show, like players that the Celtics need to go after, it's like, well, you also need to figure out players that are gonna work, like uh, like the type of players that maybe Brad can coach up a little bit too, because that's what he's good at, like yeah. finding like guys that he can sort of tap into a little bit. And I don't he's know if a, he's not a big ego coach guy. He he's the type. Right. He's not a managed ego guy. He's a schematic guy. You gotta execute what he's writing up, or it's not gonna work. He can't manage. He's not the. the well, I, I'm not gonna say he can't. He hasn't shown that he can't manage egos on the NBA level. Like, right. For luckily, sure. luckily, it doesn't look like Tatum and Brown have huge egos. That's like great. Tatum, like 
in in that regard, like I'm not seeing diva streaks out of those guys. You know, like no. we we gave them a little bit of crap of like, okay, maybe their defense dipped a little because they're yeah. stars. But the the reality is, it takes a look. It, Bobby talks about this all the time. You got to burn a shit ton of energy to be a balls out defender. Yeah. Um. And when you're when you're exerting as much effort and energy and focus on offense, it it is hard. And you do see when when players become more dynamic and more you know you, you know just kind of more consistent scorers, they they do take a little bit of a step back in terms of the effort on defense. Like you know uh, even if they are capable, you just don't see it as as much. But beyond that, I don't. I'm not worried about keeping their egos in check necessarily. Yeah, like real quick, John, I agree with you. That's why I don't think Brad's job is at stake because our our stars they 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 seem to be we're we're fortunate to have them as fans and as a, as the Celtics on the they, those guys they down to earth and they're not like super divas. So well, so far, Jimmy's having snacks, by the way. Snacks. No, I'm not. I'm not having any snacks. It's my That's freaking microphone. O'clock. It's midnight snack time. <laughs> I got the munchies. Here's the Ra- thing, Raheel. Raheel, I'm glad you caught through, buddy. Uh, and, Thanks, uh, guys. And we, we Thanks, glad guys. we got to hear. Glad we got to hear from you. I, I'm not going to say that neither of those guys are going to be diva. Don't forget, they're young. I mean, you don't really don't hit that diva status until you know a couple years into that second deal, where the money's really coming in, and now like you're you're definitely the focal point of the team, and. I'm not saying they're going to be divas, but I I'd see a little bit of it. I think like maybe in Jalen a little bit, um, you know. But it's about managing it, and that's why I'm try- kind of big on bringing in the type of veterans that can you know lead by. As I watch this, okay, he missed. Lead by example a little bit, and maybe set the set good. Um, not to use the word twice, but set good examples for some of these younger guys like Tatum Brown. Not that they're reckless or anything like that, but it's important to have veterans to look up to. If you're, you know, 22, 23 and expected to carry the load and lead the team on and off the court, that can be a lot. So if it's not Brad doing it, I'm looking around to see what kind of players they can bring in that can do it. Or whether it's a, you know, type of an assistant coach or a player, um, you know, ambassador. I know I've said that a few times about like bringing in former, former Celtics or former players who can sort of maybe tap into these guys like an Evan Turner type role sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, just a heads up. If I bring you into the, um, if I, uh, you request to speak and I bring you up on the stage, just mute till we get to you. Um, so we don't get any uh, feedback, anybody else, um, you know, trying to talk, uh, here, uh, guys, I, I think again, what do we think? Across the board, everybody's pretty solid here. Uh, Brad and uh, Danny are coming back, right? And does anybody is yes. anybody predicting? Yeah. Is anyone predicting a surprise? Anyone want to go out on a limb? I thought about it. Obviously, you think of every scenario, and I just don't see any where both of them aren't back next year. Uh, I do think Brad's on the hot seat next year. At just giving the whole way this year played out and just the a manner in which the team played compared to his style there. Um, but at the same time, like I've said this many times, everything goes back to Ainge. And if Stevens doesn't work out, that's a referendum on him. If certain guys don't work out, that's a referendum on him. So I think that's where you end up with a lot of the stagnancy. Like every single decision he makes to go the other way on certain things sort of admits fault on whether it be draft picks 
uh, his coaching choice here, the roster construction. Uh, he's going to have to check his ego to some degree on a lot of the decisions he made because, as we know, going back to 2019, much of the situation they're in goes back to a lot of uh, rough decisions that the team has made roster-wise. There's a lot of other stuff that's gone on here, but uh, overall the team is in pretty uh, big need of a roster overhaul, and uh, they don't have a ton of flexibility to do it, unfortunately. There's, uh, I'm just expecting things around the edges. I'm really not expecting the core of this team to change. I guess the only thing that moves things here is the fact that they're shooting as a luxury tax team next year. And do they accept that? Or do they say, we don't want to be here? That's, I think, is the biggest question that's going to spur movement this offseason in some place. They're banking on growth internally. I mean, that that really is is their their pathway to, to getting out of this 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 you know purgatory that they're they're in right now because as we've talked about you know they don't have the cap space to go out there and just add uh, big time talent and they don't really to be candid they don't have the type of assets that are tradable that people are looking at because one of the things we've talked about a lot is you know when you don't play the young guys not only do you not get a sense of how much they can help you and what their value is to you as a team. But you don't get a sense of what their value is throughout the league, um, which puts them in a very difficult position as far as putting certain players, making certain players available and having teams have interest because they teams don't have enough sample size to make a true judgment as to whether, you know, Robert Williams or, or Grant Williams or, you know, um, Neesmith or any of those guys can really uh, move the needle enough to where they want to make a deal and, and trade for them. So, again, the Celtics, their best shot of really kind of getting back into the hunt as one of the top-tier teams in the East is they're going to need some of the guys that are going to be on a, on a, are going to be under contract next year to play at a level that exceeds their contract. They're going to need, you know, guys to really, really step their game up uh, for them to get back because you know what Tatum and Brown can do. We, we know what those guys can do when they're healthy, but it's all those other guys around them who really need to show that their value is, is greater than what we saw this year. Because if we're going by what we saw this year, it ain't pretty. Yeah, they're in trouble if Fournier walks, uh, like a straight-up walks Hayward style where they get nothing back. That is where this offseason could really tailspin into a disaster, and all of a sudden you have to start thinking about taking that step back. And that's a very real possibility that I think people have to be prepared for because the risk you take and trading for him as he becomes a free agent is they literally have no say in what happens from here. Starting August, whatever, when they start free agency or whenever they're going to do it, uh, he it's his choice. And whatever trades or TPE situations, they have no edge. His hands. They have no edge when it comes to him. It doesn't matter. You have bird rights. You're not going to pay more money than another team can pay. So it doesn't so, matter. It doesn't matter. You're just basically it's whether or not you're going to give him as much or more money than anyone else. And he wants to come. And as Jimmy has said a bunch of times, we don't know his mind. And your tax on every dollar you spend on him. I, I think Bobby Marks put in perspective today in a staggering way that if you sign him for 10 million, it's 19 it's like, million in it's tax. Like, it's like 25 then, million. Yeah, it's right. Yeah. 29 altogether. Yeah, so 29. say we move toward that 20 line. That it's sixty million dollars for one year of Fournier in real money. Yeah, it's bananas, and you have and, no and, idea. <laughs> you have no idea. I mean, 
That's what. But at the same is, time, we saw what the team looked like without him. But Sherrod, this is the wild card here. You don't know what what the word is from up on high. It might be like Fournier might not be offered a nickel. You know, if that's the case. Yeah, like, you're it's right. Po- it's possible they say, okay, can you live with can you live with Neesmith and uh, we drafted these guys. Are they any good? Why don't we play them instead? But why don't we play the guys for, for that we can play for free? And not pay sixty million dollars for this guy. Very that's, real. That's a very real possibility. Like a and, very and really, real not, and and it's it's again, it's it's not that hard to imagine them going that route for a couple of reasons. Obviously, the the money factor, which would be a big motivation, but also to to the point that we we were talking about on the Garden Report, it gives you an opportunity let them play. to see what see what their value is to your team. And if it exceeds significantly, it exceeds what you're paying them. You could potentially package a couple of them and get a really bona fide, yeah. proven, you know, get it done right now type player that can take you from maybe being somewhere in that four, five, six conversation to maybe being in the two, three, four in the East. And that's the thing is again, what's it worth is 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 again you have to, to like if you you know gave Danny some truth serum and said okay. We're going to pay Fournier and run it back. What's that going to make us? And at best, is is Danny, you know, going to say anything higher than a three seed or a four seed and really not a, not a title contender? If if he if, you know if he had to be honest, because that's yeah. probably the answer, right? And so we- if I'm Wick, then I would say, okay, so you're telling me sixty million dollars or whatever. It's going to cost me all of this extra money to pay this guy so we can get bounced in the second round of the playoffs. Or if we don't pay him and we play these other guys, how good will you be? And he says, I don't know, maybe a four or five seed. He'd be like, so roughly the same is what you're saying. So why then again am I paying Fournier all of this money? You know, like it's a hard – if you don't have the answer to the question, like – That's your know, answer. Yeah. That's your answer. I mean, if, if you if you can't answer that question – in the affirmative that this is a good deal, this is like, going to make this us better. Will make us a contender and mean right. it. Right. And if and if you can't say that, right, then if I'm the GM, I'll be like, I don't think I'm going to give you that money. You know, like, that's your answer. That right. that's your answer. Um, this is it's not like you know adding a guy like for example when you know the Milwaukee Bucks went in all in on, on Drew Holiday, you knew that was going to make them better. Yes, you knew that, uh, and so you you better believe their bean counters had no hesitation in cutting that check because it was a no brainer. But for Evan Fortier on the Celtics team, I'm not sold. That's going to make you better. Yeah, someone in the chat put high risk, high reward. I don't know if they're talking about this. I think that's high risk, medium reward. Like I, I think you kind of what's know his what ceiling? I mean, his ceiling is a, is a twenty point per game score. On a bad team. This is a good team. So, what, so is he going to give you what? 15 on a good team? 15 a game, right. What's that worth to you? You're telling me a full season of, uh, you know, a combo platter of Neesmith and Romeo can't come close? Maybe. Right. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't like I see said, it. I don't have – well – I, I think you're better off. You might be better off finding out. I mean, this, at the end of the day, this guy's a bona fide veteran who has been scoring in this league for a long time and overseas as well. Um, he knows his job. He knows what he needs to do, and we saw I like him do him. it well. I here. like him. I'm just saying I, it's a t- it's a tough sell. 
I haven't seen – I've seen Neesmith and Lankford and those guys struggle to reach 10 points. And we saw Fournier shoot 7 of 11 in a couple of games here. Uh, ultimately, John, I think what you set out there, that possibility of bringing him back and maybe trading him later uh, is probably the best way to go right, about Right, but that. it, it again, still costs – you want another real, TP. It costs real dollars, you know, like – it's I know, re- but if if that's yeah. the issue, if we're talking about the tax being the issue here, we kind of just have to wrap it up and say like this: this team's not going to win a championship. With yeah, Jaylen then Brown. then fans need to turn their ire to to to, to a different yes. direction. For years, Bruins fans were saying, you know, like Bruins can't win unless Jacob sells the team. Like if you're in a situation where you've got uh, ownership that's reluctant to to spend into the tax, you know, to improve the ball club, then you it's a different. I mean, that's going to have an effect on the players who are going to decide whether or not they want to stay here. Like, okay, I don't know if I want to be here if the guy's going to nickel and dime us when, when, when we think we need stuff here. So it, that, that's going to matter a lot, you know, like what, what's Wick willing to do here? And nobody knows it right now. Uh, we've had Carlos waiting uh, on the stage here. We want to get some more people in here. Carlos. Hi, guys. I'm talking from Puerto Rico. Like your show, like what you're doing. It's been a disappointing season, but at least it's been fun seeing Jason Tatum grow to a superstar. And hearing what you said in the couple of shows, I feel like Boston keeps missing out. We, we At some point, we need to pull the trigger. I feel like we miss, miss out really on Harden. And, and you guys mentioned on the show, and I think that was a big mistake. I feel like Danny used to be more aggressive and taking risks. You have to risk it. Sometimes, you know, you have to risk your asses to get a reward. I, going, if, if I could travel back on time, I wish we would have traded Kyrie for the Rose rule and get AD. And maybe Terry Rozier being a point guard with AD, with Tatum. You know, sometimes I feel like we, we are missing out thinking that every every draft we, we make is a star. And, and I think that's one of the mistakes we've seen with, with management so far with Boston. That's a tough thing here is that so many of their mistakes are in the past and done. Uh, like you can compensate for them, but what has set them on a bad path here is done and uh, you know walked away and there's nothing that can change that. The bad draft picks from 19 when you had those as assets. Um, you know, the loss of Hayward for nothing when you maybe could have done a Turner t- thing there. That Harden trade to me is really become a big second guess when you think of what it would have cost Brooklyn to not get him. It uh, cost Philly now who wasn't able to upgrade in season. And then you would have been adding the Harden hypothetically that we've seen late this year. Uh, I know a lot of people were adverse to it at the time and I was one of them. It, there were so many red flags at that point, but Seeing how it's all gone, and if you hypothetically say that you would have gotten that James Harden in Boston and then throw Turner in there, uh, we would have not been looking at a better season. We would have been looking at a championship contending team in Boston, and that is tough to swallow when you consider where it ended up going. Harden would have been sweet. Don't tell John. John hates Harden. I was trying to pay him, like what I What I failed to consider yeah, and what I think just, a lot of people failed to consider him. is how good of a passer he is. Like, he would have been able to right. get Tatum the ball. He would have been able to probably raise the game of some of these young players. Uh, he's just a floor general off his own gravity. And Again, he's well, done an amazing job of connecting the nets. And he's a I will, I will, I, I will give my two cents on it. You are rolling the dice on a player. But we're rolling the dice now on, like, Fournier. You're not, though. <laughs> yeah, you are. 
Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown yeah, is not a dice roll. Cost, yeah, Jalen Brown is a sure thing who's under a great contract entering his prime, and James Harden is on the back nine with with, with the option to leave you after not this year but the next. And what is the likelihood that he's going to resign here long term? You're mortgaging your future for maybe a, content- a shot of contention this year. You think you're convincing James Harden to stay in Boston? I highly doubt that. I think I think Boston Boston's list was very low on his teams he would have considered. I know, but all looking- of a sudden, the Jimmy, I'm going to toss this to Jimmy because he's talked about this. The biggest thing is he doesn't go to Brooklyn. And all of a sudden, you don't have this unstoppable force possibly in your way for the next three to four years. Absolutely. Offense by playing defense, right? You you don't have this super team in Brooklyn. You are all of a sudden probably considered just as good, if not better, than any team in the, in the Eastern Conference. You have this veteran player who I've been clamoring for. They need to pair younger guys with veteran guys in order to... You think this roster... With, with James Harden, James Harden. I think if you have James of, Harden on the team, I think you are, you James are able Harden to get other players instead of Jalen Brown. So Harden and Kemba starting in the backcourt with Tatum and Rob and what? Let's say it was Kemba. Let's say it was Kemba. Let's say it was Kemba, Tatum, Harden, uh, Turner. We'll go well, back now to you're making well. multiple revisionist well, moves. Well, no, that's just what I'm, I'm just saying. saying like, you're if, just if, if all that fell in the place, you, you would end up hard, with a really good team. a straight swap of Harden the only Brown risk. moves the Celtics from a seven seed to a championship team. The only and risk I see is the fact And also the risk of losing him in a yeah. year. That's the risk. But as yeah. far as – John, yeah, that, you're bringing that, in a player why. that's much better than Brown. John, will you still take – Harden and Tatum versus Kyrie and KD. Harden and Tatum versus Kyrie and KD. I mean, yeah. I we we would I again. I'm looking two and three years into the future. Well, I'd that's still rather that's have your problem. You gotta yeah, live but in the waiting now. on the fu- waiting on the future, we can lose everything. That's that's been our history. And I yes, feel like yeah, I then, do realize how good Harden is, guys. Rappers, man. This, I feel like Tatum and yeah. Brown are, are great, but at some point their positions kind of. Intertwined, yes. so you have to pick yes. one. Yes, some point. I've been saying this too. Again, too you do similar. this. No, not yet. You do this two years ago. Not you don't do it now. Jalen Brown is now yeah. arriving. You got him locked and, in. and James Harden is on the back. You did the back you nine. Yeah, he's, two, he's on the back nine. You do nine this deal two years tour. ago, not now. I, sorry, that's that's my take. But I, but yeah, his yeah, numbers in this series just to don't help your case. His I just saw a report today. I just had a report today that Jimmy Butler wants the max, and he's going to be. It's going to take him to up his like age, like thirty-seven or something like that. Yeah, like players are going to get this type of money, John. And if you want to sit in the silence while every other player gets it, then you're always going to be in the fourth or fifth. You're not. Let me ask you this, John. Let me ask you this. You you love the player rankings. Where are you ranking Harden in the league right now? Somewhere in the five to ten. Somewhere, somewhere in the back half of the top. You know, top ten. You have a chance. He, a top 10 player in the NBA put you on his list, and you just have to press the button and you get him in terms of the package there. You probably would have had, had to add some other stuff, and there would have been some haggling. But Brown for Harden probably gets that done when you look at what Houston got anyway. I agree. And you, you add a top get 10 player. You get veterans. How many you points want to play would Tatum get with Harden on the team? 
divide and I mean, we talked ourselves into Kyrie coming here, and Kyrie's what, like 15 to 25th in the league or something like that? You're talking the best scorer in the league, possibly, coming here. On and could unlock, just, you just press the button and it happens. Tatum. And what, what I said about it is... Why would he unlock Tatum? What am I missing? Because of his playmaking that they don't have here right now. Just gives him so much more room to operate and can get him the ball in his spots. Exactly. Get him the ball. He doesn't have to constantly have the ball. He won't get double teamed like he is. There's something that you guys are, are, are ignoring in, in this whole dis- discussion, okay? And, and it's, it's this. Will Harden be motivated to do the things that you're talking about? Because we've seen yeah, when he's not motivated exactly. how he can be an absolute dog out there. He's with and his if, boys. And if he's, if he's in a city with a team that he doesn't want to be with and he doesn't yeah, want to be God. in that city, exactly. that, we saw what that looked like in Houston. We this saw is, that. This is a guy. If, like I said, he's this, on, is, but if he was this on is, the is list. like when you start dating someone who's dating someone else and you think it's going to be okay with you. Like, oh, but she's cheating on him, but she's not going <laughs> to cheat on me, right? Like, are you freaking stupid? Like, what don't you see here? Like, John's, John's relationship and dating analogy is unmatched. If I could give you but two this- gems, John, I would. <laughs> And sometimes like, you leave. Sometimes you cheat on the. And sometimes then, you cheat on later, somebody, and you like, end up oh, marrying the person you cheated on him with. Who knows? Oh my god! No, no. no. Or or years uh, listen, later, I'm not, with your I'm not saying. And they tell I'm you, not, you tell them that what happened. Oh wait, you mean she cheated on you? No, you don't say. <laughs> the same thing happened yeah. again. She wouldn't do that to that me. Nev- that never. That never works. Yeah. But it might work with us, you know. So like, come on. Uh, I'm I not understand. saying trade for Harden if he doesn't want to come here. If he, if, or I think I think it would have to be a Kevin Garnett type situation where you would have to know that you want to want to come here. Anyway, I think, you and could, I know they just I got burned by risk. Kyrie, who did the same thing. But Kyrie is a little di- she's a little bit different, I think, than on most most people or most athletes. I know so. we literally just went through this with Kyrie. Like we did, but exactly. Kyrie is on another planet. Yeah, you literally. Yeah. All right, let's let's up. bring in uh we we let's bring in Julius. Uh, Julius, what's up? Hey, what's up, fellas? Uh, love your show. I listen to it every time after the game. Oh, that's awesome. Vibes. Thanks, um, man. My thing is, uh, why does everybody think that Brad Stevens is like the end-all deal? Coaching a generational superstar like Jason Tatum and a star like Jalen Brown. Why, why do people think that nobody else in the league, if they give an opportunity, can coach these guys? Like, I don't understand that at all. I think some people have thought this. I think People have changed. Let's bring in recent Brad convert Bobby Manning um, to explain his take on this conversation because we've had it a ton. That's always been my take and Jimmy's take, I believe, that like Brad's not the only guy. Um, doesn't mean that the next guy's better and it doesn't mean that he's bad. But a lot of times the next guy is better. But the next guy could be better. So it doesn't mean that the last guy was bad. Brad yeah. can still go ahead and coach another team. But he's not, but he's not the only guy. So the context is going to be key. I think he is on the hot seat going in next year in my mind. I don't know if he is in Ainge's mind. Probably not. But in my mind, if he goes in the next next season and they're fully loaded and they bring all these people back and they're healthy and they start two and eight or something like that, I think you kind of have to make the move at that point because where are you going from there in terms of just the panic level and everybody's commitment to the situation and all those things? Is this coming from you, all this background? I just no, that's not me. Um, I, I I just can't. 
I, I can't move on from him right now. There was just too much this year. I, I just can't do it right now because I do think the excuses were valid. We know he's a good coach. I, I think he had a rough year, and you you had the context is going to be so key. Because, again, if they take that step-back approach, John, how can you move on from him if you don't give him the tools to succeed? Because that, in many ways, was the problem this year, especially early on. He had to go double big. He didn't have the appropriate amount of wings. And that instability of Kemba just plagued the season. Could he control Kemba's knee? Could he control the roster that was given and the losses they sustained early on? Like all that stuff to me just set the tone of what was going to be an unstable season. Other things followed and he never just was able to set a rotation. And ultimately, like I know we haven't talked a ton was about any the player asked, tonight. Was any player asked because we – uh, we we talked about that being an important thing about asking about Brad or whatever. Um, I didn't see it, but we were. I caught more... every presser except Thompson and Tatum, and I didn't hear it on other ones. Because uh, I think that, like I said, is what the players say here is going to be important. Uh, because the only reason, uh, you know, we've said it all year. Only reason to move on from Brad is if the players tuned him out or just don't think he's aren't interested in what he has to say. Um, if they're fine with him, then yeah, you probably roll it back. Unless you bring in a new GM and he's got a new vision and a new direction. Um, but if that doesn't happen, then he is coming. The, the answer to Julius's question is why do people think there's no one else? Some people are just, I, I don't know, Jimmy, why do you think some people just can't, some just people are afraid of change. Can't fathom anyone but Brad coaching this team. Well, like, yeah, they and, think it's. And, they think it's. They, you're right. Julius is right. There is a faction of uh, media and fans who find it unfathomable that we would consider getting rid of Brad because he's he's you know boy wonder genius coach. Well, because and this goes back to like people who think that they just see the game or understand the game or maybe life better better. Like they honestly think that they're better than you. They laugh when you when you to come up with a different idea that eventually they'll come around on way after the fact when it's like a layup decision. But there's no reason to think that somebody else can't take over the Celtics team. And what I've said is that they need, and I'm not saying fire Brad, but what I think the type of coach that could also be successful is one that can maybe resonate uh, with the players a little bit, uh, the younger players as a former player. And there's a lot of good former players that are now coaches. You just got smacked around by one. Uh, Steve Nash, that uh, I'm not saying that he's the reason the Nets won, but I, I, I think that he's the perfect coach for that team. And so is D'Antoni. And yeah. there's just so many other options out there. So like, it, you, it's just like, don't shut down the idea that, in this case, that another person could come in and coach this team. That's what I don't get. I, and and I, I've been on the, like, throughout Boston sports, I've been on the you know, the coaches and managers get too much blame. Like, you know, with the Bruins, I thought Claude Julian um, got too much blame and then they removed him and instantly you could see a difference. And I was like, oh, I guess it did make a difference. Uh, another great example was, and that was a style thing. If you don't like the style, if you don't like what Brad is doing for the team or you don't like the, the system, that would be a reason to get rid of him. Another, and again, John Farrell is a great uh, example here. John Farrell is a guy who was like the savior when he was brought in to be the manager. He's the guy the players wanted. And in a very short period of time, they won a championship. And then a few years later, the players completely stopped. They didn't give a shit what he had to say. He completely lost the room. I remember I was in the clubhouse 
for the final game of the season in his final year, and he was walking around looking to shake people's hands and talk to them, and none of the veterans wanted to talk to him. And he was going to, like, you know, September call-ups, you know, and saying, hey, great season or whatever. No one looked – it was sad, you know, and it was obvious, like, he's lost them. He lost lost them. He lost these guys. So if Brad – they might not dislike him. They just might be like, I'm just not vibing. I'm not feeling this anymore. And that's obviously the right. the reason. Uh, or Ore's here. Ore, what's up, man? What's up, guys? So, like, with this whole Brad thing, you know, there's, like, a couple things I wanted to talk about. But with this whole Brad thing, like, it's just, like, unfair to, like, really grade Brad this year with all the COVID and injuries because it's, like, yeah, there were a lot of dumb things he did with regards to the lineup, but, like, I feel like next year, like, you got to give him a better assessment. Like, I feel like next year would be a fair year to, to um to, you know, criticize Brad. But this year, like, it just wouldn't make sense to, you know, give Brad all this kind of criticism. Like, if the team underperforms next year, then I get – then I think you – you have to seriously look at it, but after this year, it doesn't doesn't really make sense to do that. Like I like he he he's not you know beyond criticism, but like after this after this kind of season, where you know all your best players were out, you know at different points of the season, it just doesn't make sense. And and regards to this game specifically. The officiating, I don't know what the NBA has to do about this officiating, but, like, can you at least make it less obvious that you want the Nets to win? Like, they don't need your help. They already have three Hall of Fame scorers on their team. We don't – you guys don't need to, like, call every touch foul. Meanwhile, every time Tatum dribbles the ball, he's getting – he's getting abused out there. That's – that's. Normally, I'm all over uh, Tatum for complaining – this is one of those games where I was like, I, I was kind of rooting for Tatum to take a swing at a ref. I couldn't stand the officiating in this series. I, I, really, I thought I was, it was, I was horrible. It's officiating you isn't the reason jump. they lost, but the officiating was a, was an abomination. Yeah, there were numerous moments that just drove you crazy, especially in the Boston games. Uh, jump balls that weren't called. Uh, the play where Kyrie landed under Smart drove me crazy because even if you don't like the call, like they – they call that a flagrant every day. The, the offensive foul reversal tonight was 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 friggin' terrible. There was a how about the Durant one running in the smart a couple games ago too? I, like the replays are just mind blowing at this point. That was an area Brad really struggled in this year was nailing the challenges. He didn't develop a philosophy in that sense. He lost countless ones. I wish I was keeping track of that all year. I was the just gonna say that. Horrible. Yeah, I was gonna say. Then, I uh, wonder where he ranks and. Like percentage of success. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, because maybe everybody's just losing them because it's so inconsistent. But uh, you know, just where he would use them, uh, the like the inconsistencies in his approach to it, just a small thing. But again, Brad did not have a good year. Like, don't make any mistake about that. I, like the double big thing early on, the rotations, the guessing. He didn't have an easy situation, but again, the, the, if you the, consider the, him one of the best coaches, you have to figure something out. But that's the thing is like, is a guy who's this is so the the rotations I felt were like he had to continue to experiment to find stuff. Uh, so I don't fault him as much for it, though I think the stuff we were saying earlier in the year, 
Pick your guys who you want to be your guys and play them until they give you reason not to anymore. Don't worry about, like I said, the the semis and the grants and all of these minutes just made no friggin' sense early in the year. He figured it out later and he finally pulled the plug on those guys, but a little bit too late because you missed an entire season's worth of uh, giving valuable minutes to people that could have potentially helped you and you threw them away at 18 and 19 minutes per game to Semi and Grant over the first 50 games of the year. That's unfreaking fathomable. To yeah, me. and you're going to really lose is. all but that. Yeah, for nothing. For nothing. Nothing. And that's what was killing me all year. But the other one was the, the pulling the plug, the pulling the string on people. He did it to both Romeo and Neesmith. Completely. He did it to Neesmith twice during the year where he gave him stints and then just put him in mothballs for, for seven and eight games at a time and then brought him back. And then Romeo, right off of his uh, COVID and this and that, he's like, I'm going to play you. And he did. And then after five, six games, he's like, I'm not going to play you anymore. And then and he, he shelved then he did him to, again. Then he did it for, to Pritchard. Late in and the then year he did it to Pritchard. Degree. And then all of a sudden he's like, you know what? I'm starting Romeo. Like it's banana land. I don't know how. Yeah. He, I don't know how. And you didn't even decisions. mention the biggest one, John. And you guys were right about it. the Rob. It was Rob all year long, all year. Yeah, he was. He was perfect. Too, waited starters. too long to pull the trigger on Rob. He kept dicking around with it, and it made no sense. Yeah, Ooh, here I they come. The, all I John's think, yeah. grievances back. Back on the surface. Well, we're going to do an entire show in the next week or two, and, and, and the theme of it is going to be John was right about everything. Um, and that's oh, that be... sounds like fun. Let me know what date <laughs> that show is. Uh... Oh, we're doing... <laughs> so yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like Brad, Brad was way too inconsistent with with the lineups, and I felt like there were way too many times where he pr- he didn't play Pritchard enough minutes. Where he's where he's playing only like eleven minutes or like. 12 minutes and it just made no sense to me when you, there were too many times where there was just no offense on the floor and Pritchard could give you that shooting and Pritchard was barely getting minutes out there that that didn't make sense to me at all Bob was the big thing that I know Bobby mentioned a few times this year and I, and me as well like Pritchard should have gotten there were games like when Kemba was not playing and Pritchard didn't get like he, he could have got like one third of the more minutes. He could have got thirty three percent more minutes than what he got. Like he got he twenty minutes instead of thirty. Every game Kemba sat, Pritchard should have just been Kemba. Did Pritchard start a single game yeah. that Kemba didn't start? Yeah, one. One. One single one. game. Okay. One. Well, I stand corrected, but point still point still made. Not nearly I, as much. I don't know if I don't know if Brad is trying to throw some like subliminal shots at the front office, but like I'm reading some of, like, his post-game quotes, and he's saying, like, there's a lot of ways we have to improve. And, like, I forgot. Yeah, he said something like, we have to – we have a lot of – Be the best version. Be the best version of ourselves. And, (laughs) like, I know Brad obviously isn't the type of guy to say it, but I feel like he's kind of saying, like, all the players that you – most of the players you have on this bench just aren't good enough, and you guys have to at least get us some help. Because other than the first couple of guys, like, we don't really have anything to go to. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. No, and I think you could be right about that. And and throughout the year, Danny put the blame on the players, too. So uh, but uh, so it's like everyone's pointing the finger at, at somebody else. So And it's true. So everybody again, shared I, some blame. Like, the way they started with Ainge, 
I think the middle portions and the adjustments was Brad. And then I think just the fortitude was the players. Uh, like everybody was involved in this to a largely equal degree. Everything was disconnected. Yep. It was bad. Uh, Sophie, what's up? Not much. Uh, what up, bro? How we doing, fellas? Appreciate you guys. We're uh, chilling. Yeah, appreciate you guys putting on a good show this season. Obviously, way Thank more, you. way more entertaining than the actual encore product. And thanks to um, Jimmy, Sherrod, Bobby, and Joe Sway for for coming on my show as well. Um, Definitely. A couple things though. Plug your show real quick. Plug your show. The Morse Code Podcast. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. It's it's. Probably the best show uh, aside from the Garden <laughs> Report. So I'm, I'm definitely not offended that I wasn't. In- <laughs> well, we were going to get to you, and you don't have open DMs, so we'll get to that. Xanus uh, uh, with the passive aggressive, I'm definitely not offended line. Yeah. Bold, I, bold to not invite the guy who controls the, uh, the, I, the comments and the, and the speakers. I'll That's tell you true. what a boomer I am. I don't even know what open DMs means. Oh, boy. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I didn't know mine were closed, actually. But anyway, go ahead, Sophie. That explains got? why nobody talks to you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy with the dagger. Why am I Jeez. getting no DMs? Sweet. That's so <laughs> weird. Guys, I opened my DM. There you did. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, um, number one, I, I think you guys brought up earlier, I feel like there's a good point to be made that maybe Tatum – um, there were some strides made in this otherwise, you know, ass kicking of a series just because it was the first time that he had to be the primary option where there was literally no other, you know, player that needed to be guarded. Um, and he put up some big games in those situations. Uh, and number two, completely unrelated, but as it relates to the whole season, I think the thing that people are leaving out when they say that everyone had to deal with the same thing, it's not true because not everyone else made it to the conference finals. And if you look at the three other teams that made that last year, the Nuggets, the Lakers, and the Heat, the Celtics and Heat have both been eliminated. The Lakers, you know, LeBron is one of the most durable players ever. Um, they just got time. And they're, tonight. Yeah, now they're down 3-2. I, I mean, I, I still think they're going to win the series, obviously. But um, the Nuggets are the ones in the best position up 3-2. So I think there's something to be said about, you know, how much little time that they had in between the end of last season. And, and what did the Nets do in the bubble last year? Then the playoffs, absolutely nothing. Exactly. Neither did the Rockets. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I think that gets overlooked a little bit. I don't know what you guys think about that. It's a fair point. It just... It's a fair point, but I just don't want it to be like the main the main excuse for this team because obviously health is something that dogged them all year, and so did COVID. But we all watched the same. We all watched them when they had enough health to play well, or their best players like were out there playing together, and it just felt like they were disconnected. Yeah. Um and it just for was sure. was not all about health it's certainly part of it you can't tell the story of this team without talking about health and obviously the you know covid is a you know the x factor i guess and everything but at the end of the day i still think that they underperformed even with all the yeah too many too many there's too many games to count where they had enough bodies out there 
and then just went out and laid an egg. There's just too many games. Like the the biggest stats of the season, I think, were the amount of games they were down ten points. That was like they were down ten, they were down ten points or more in like forty games or something. They were down twenty points twenty something times in a seventy two game yeah. season. They 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 their effort was so absent at the beginnings of games. Their focus was so was was lacking late in games where they where they just how many times did teams just outscore them nine oh eleven two to finish games off? There was a two point game they'd lose by ten and be like, what the hell happened? You know, like they they they'd give up ten points in ninety seconds. I mean, crazy stuff. Yeah. All of that was just the three it, things for me that the lack of emphasis on running and pace uh, when everything else was failing, the def- defense never improving all that much at all above a mediocre level surprised me greatly this year, and the passing, which it got better at times, but at the end of the day, their approach was isolation heavy and. Uh, just over simple on offense, which again amazes me that they were able to do what they did offensively in this series. Um, they, they made it hard on themselves, truly. The style with which they played in made it much harder on top of all the other things that they were going through. And they kept the repeating the same mistakes yeah, over and over again. That's that was a frustrating part they for me. They kept doing it. Yeah, the they're going to chalk it up to to everything. They're going to chalk everything up to the conditions that they were traveling and that they were. You know what? You know, conditions, you travel conditions, and all that other stuff has nothing to do with effort. Uh, it, right. You don't exactly. have to. You don't have. You're going to chalk it up to that because they're going to say. But it's bullshit, and we know it's bullshit. It is, but at the same time, you got to also understand that nothing was typical about this season. And you, you know what? Chalk it up to that. There's 29 other teams that can say the same thing. Exactly, but to but to Bobby's point though. The defense, yeah, that's true. But what was, what was that stretch of what was it, two weeks that they were a top 10 defense? Kemba Walker was averaging 30 points. You know, obviously, they're not going to look at that Kemba thing. But, I mean, they will in a certain extent. But right. I think so they're going to look at the positives that they saw from these guys because at the end of the day, they believe in these guys. Look, we've been saying this for so long, and it's true. These guys, the Celtics organization, are hard-headed about their picks. They believe in Romeo. They believe in Neesmith. They believe that these guys, Grant Williams even, to a certain extent, maybe a little uh, less than they did before. But <laughs> honestly, not all created equal. Oh, at the boy. end of the day, they can't flip them, but you really think that they don't? That you really think that Danny Ainge is thinking to himself, "Wow, guys, we didn't make the right picks with these guys." No, they're looking at the season, the condition that they were in, and they're looking at, "Look, just gonna get a fresh start, run it back, and we'll show you that 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 we're way better than what we put out." Brad Stevens is the first one to say that he believes in those guys. I think that's just a front. I I, I think they they yeah. realize. I think they realize that they're they're not very good, but they don't have a lot of flexibility. Brad essentially so gave up on Grant late this year. I'm telling you, it it was very noticeable how Grant went from Mr. Twenty Minutes a Game giving you two points and three rebounds to fifteen minutes, ten minutes, sometimes no, five. DMPs, DNPCD, and a lot of them. You know, like yeah. I said, I I think Brad he had a couple out, game, good games against Brooklyn though. You got got to give him that for his role. I, I look, but I mean, they were again. It was break glass in case of emergency. Point at that point, he was out of their plans. He and he'd been out of their plans. It just took Brad forever to get there. Um, it took him forever to get there. Who it's, could we get from the WNBA in exchange for Grant? Yeah. <laughs> oh wow, that's cold. Yo, I can't believe Bobby's just not even standing up to you for his boy right now. Okay, Bobby, I see you. I see and you flip-flopping ways. 
Okay, Bobby, quit flopping on your boy Grant. I'm, that's not my guy. Like, I liked him in this series. I thought he was the key adjustment in this series. I thought he played well in this series, but I think there's a chance this the could be The bar is so low for what we would consider good Grant. So, sure, I guess. He's he a specialist. Right. So many guys on this roster. What does he specialize in? What is he yes, specialize in? No, that's what in? I'm Bobby, saying. Were you so many more from him in the series? Is that what you're saying? Like, you're, he, did he disappoint you in the series? No, I thought they were going to use him at center a little bit more. Um, they ended up doing it, but it was too late there. But my point, I John. I thought you'd be waving he, the grand flag, man. I don't know. I, I don't get it. I was. Those two I games was. against the Nets, I, I was okay. I was like, wow, Grant really showed out. But all right. But but the problem is he's a specialist with two uh, few specializations, and it's like semi so too. That's like, that's that's not a specialist. A no, specialist. he doesn't have. Well, a that's how they that's, use that's, them. That's a specialist. Yeah, right. I don't know what is specialist. You have to be good at a thing, a single thing, to be a specialist. <laughs> but so unfortunately, you have, you have to have to have a, a, one fun. skill. Isn't that okay. how Brad seemingly deployed these guys though? Like, oh, they got they got like a scoring wing here. We gotta use Semi on him, and we gotta use Grant on like the bigger bruising four. And they deployed these guys heavily. He's legitimately the direct opposite of a specialist. He's he literally specialized at being talentless. That's he's literally good at nothing. And I think another point you have to, another point you have to look at is the fact that. All those games, all those, all that load managing that they did for Kemba all year to not play. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Yeah. So that he could be healthy (laughs) for the playoffs. It's like you did all that and you lost a lot of games because of that, which which could have helped you with the seeding at the end of the year if he if he had played all those games to them to then not have him play those games and in the games he played was just. He didn't do anything but just run up and down the court the whole time. Like he didn't do anything in this series other than sit on the bench. Too many you know, smile. Too many guys on this roster did little to nothing this year. It was brutal. And then you're talking about running it back. Yeah, that, no. And that's, and, and, and I, get, I think that's absolutely going to be flipped out. But I, I think that's I think that's the frustration that most fans have is that there's a high probability that the majority of these guys will be back next year. And you're talking about bringing guys who back right. who underperformed. That's, yeah. that sucks, man. If you're a fan. And I guys. think like we have, we have to be forced to b- believe that guys like Neesmith and Ro- and Romeo are going to be, you know, quality bench players right. because right. there really isn't anywhere else to look. So like, like I'm, I would like to hold out hope, but I'm not trying to like, you know, get my hopes up that they're going to improve off of one or two game stretches and then they go back to being inconsistent because that's what they've shown us all year. Like, they have glimpses and then they go back to being what we thought they actually were. So so it's like, we would like to think that they would turn into yeah. those quality bench players, but it's like, you really don't know that. That's just, opti- that's just optimism because that's this- the only thing you have to fall back on. I agree on both counts. It's an uncertainty and it is optimism and you're right. If you you need something to be optimistic about, which is why I think people are still kind of holding out hope that those guys can be more, but the biggest problem already I think was the missed opportunity Brad had and we, we've mentioned it a ton and we talked about it earlier in not having given those guys an opportunity, more of an opportunity. Romeo's a different story because he his year was lost again with all of the every issue that he had um but 
not developing Brad those guys was... at, at the expense of guys like Semi, which made no sense. Um, do, they I, picked up Semi's player option before the year. I know, I, I'm still I know. confused. Like, like why? Just because he's the quote-unquote Giannis stopper? He can't even make a damn shot. He can't even dribble. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, I didn't get that either. Uh, that was kind of surprising. Uh, Julian's been hanging out. Julian. What's up, guys? What's happening? So, I don't, know, I don't know if you saw, but right after the game ended, Brian Robb put out an article where he basically said there's basically no chance that uh, Smart, Fournier, and Walker are back. And he said that he expects the Celtics to find a way to dump Kemba. So, if that's the case, I have two kind of questions around that. The first one's probably for Bobby since he's like a numbers guy and he knows the contracts and stuff. Like, I know, I'm sure John, John is like me. You can, I, huh? you can just say door. <laughs> I'm, be, I'm trying to be nice on the last no. show. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, I know John Jimmy, like, just call Bobby a midget. Every, and- uh, he, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not. The Go guy ahead, Ju- you. I'm Julian. Not what's guy up? Go ahead. Yeah, no, I just want to say, because I know, John, you like me, you desperately want Lonzo. So my first question is, say they find a way to dump uh, Kemba. It's probably OKC for, like, you know, protected future one. And then you re-sign Fournier to, like, three years, 45, which Rob, uh, Brian Robb seems to indicate that would be the cost. Is, like, aside from, like, a pipe dream. That's exactly the- what we said would be the right amount of money for him. Yeah, he, he in, said- the, in the last show, we actually said three and 45, but yeah. Yeah, on, on his article, he said uh, 15 million per so my question is, one, is it more like is there an actual way to get Rob uh, to get Lonzo in that case? And then two, one player that I know that there's actually been, you know, concrete uh, information that the team might try to trade him is Colin Sexton. And could that be a player you kind of flip a lot of stuff for and try to build with Sexton, Brown and Tatum? Because they kind of match, you know, age wise and where they are timeline. And you could it's kind of like an explosive, you know, trio in a way. So. The Lonzo thing's extremely difficult because of the hard cap. Uh, you activate a hard cap by trading for him that you're stuck with all year. So, like, your whole off-season plans get limited in terms of who you can bring in by that. And then all the moves you try to make during the year get limited as well as into the next off-season. You can't pass that $137 million or whatever it is. And they're very close up against that. So if you're bringing in Lonzo – you have to send out a bunch of money that, to even that out because Smart's not enough. Like the money Lonzo makes is probably going to be five, six million above what Smart's making now. Maybe even eight to ten, depending on how much he ends up getting. Uh, so you just have to shed a bunch of money, and Kemba's obviously the easiest way to do that if you find someone that can just absorb that. Uh, but I don't think the Thunder in the business of just straight up eating a Kemba size salary at this point. Uh, he doesn't help them. I don't think the picks are enticing to them because they have 34. Uh, there's just no reason for them to do it. Uh, you could take back Horford, but in that case, you're still really tight up against that hard cap. And then you got to solve the issue of what entices the Pelicans to do it. There are going to be other teams that want ball that can offer things in a much easier way. Um, Ball is going to be really tough to pull off uh, to me. And, you know, a Fournier signing trade is going to be really difficult for this team. That hard cap and their financial situation makes it extremely difficult for them to pull off trades this offseason. Your only pieces that have any contract matching value are Thompson and Smart. Uh, in terms of your TPEs that are still available, 
you'd have to probably shed first round picks in those cases. And then if you want to dump Kemba, it's going to take first to do that as well. So all in all, with like how much uh, flexibility that they're going to have to generate here, I I think they're going to trade their first round pick this year at the very least, just to find this wiggle room to do stuff like the TPs, especially how are you going to pick up TP guys without giving up a first? I just don't see ways that they're going to be able to do that. So what do you think about Sexton, Bobby? Because that's a player that we know the Cavs probably want to move because they're going to pay Jared Allen in the offseason. I do think teams like that are interesting for Smart because he's obviously a passer, a connector, a defender. Teams like Cleveland that really haven't found their defensive identity yet or identity as a team, I think, could find some value in him. Uh, But if I'm not mistaken, he's pretty expensive, isn't he, at this point? Um, He's going to be going into his contract, and I have to look at his contract specifically. But he's not a guy who blows me away, but I do think it's an area of need, a young guard into the future on the Celtics I I don't think we've seen enough from Pritchard to indicate that he's a starting point guard in this league in fact when he's had to step up to that level he's struggled so I think point guard passing that's your biggest need this offseason so I'd be I'd keep an open mind to Sexton certainly um I just looked up the contract and he's on six million this year and then uh, eight million next year, which is a. Qualifier. I don't know why they would get rid of him though. It doesn't make any sense, and not not for anything Boston could offer. So I just I don't understand. No, that. I I actually do see it, John. They they don't love him there. I like Garland's becoming more and more their guy, and they want the ball in his hands, and they want him being the playmaker there. So I do think there's a as he gets closer and closer to that qualifying off that he mentions that there could be some room for him to be be flexible there but they would obviously want a lot you know they'd want smart and picks and whatever else and Celtics would have to get aggressive in that circumstance he but he didn't have the best year this year to me I think he showed some stagnancy yeah uh you know but I I, I mean and thanks Julian the uh I think Kemp getting rid of Kemba is going to be really 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 challenging and I think if people are holding out hope that I don't think happen. it's worth it like using those picks to just dump a guy rather than strengthen the team and try to deflect the importance of Kemba on this roster is a I, I much mean, better way. I mean, how to much damn it! Like if Kem- if there was a team considering it, considering it, you know, based off the year he had, even with the back to backs, just what happened here in these last three, four, five days with his knee. What what do you think that that does to? The- I mean, if the chances of trading him were like thirty percent, what is what does this knee flare-up do for it? I think it knocks it down to single digits. I don't think there's a single team that wants Kemba Walker. I don't think there's a single team that wants Kemba Walker for anything. For anything. I, 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 I'm, I am I'm confused by the, this You, notion. again, you would have to package picks with him. You'd have I to get something that makes it too – Yeah, I mean, you'd have to – include something that so, is just too irresistible, like a top 10 pick, uh, <laughs> smart, which, which you never do. Yeah, right? So that's which the thing. Is like, and so, again, people keep saying it, and I just don't think they're being realistic. Trading Kemba makes you worse. It is a fact. All you're doing is getting rid of money. But you, the team and the product and your overall – what your assets – will be depleted as a result, thus making it harder for you to do anything else. It is 
it, I, I don't see a they world have too in which many it happens. needs to be yeah, using their it, limited you assets. You can't on use what limited assets you have to dump a guy. So you're eating Kemba and you have to redefine his role and you need to not count on him. That's what people should be focusing on is how do we build a team where Kemba Walker isn't an essential part of it? And you have to find a way to slide him to the bench, make him a specialist, reduce his minutes, let him be instant offense, and that's who he is for the remainder of his deal. But you're stuck with him. Um, that, uh, well, there could be an opportunity in that last season if maybe, yeah. Then you have an expiring or, contract, yeah, sure. Expiring contract, and then you can. And again, get... that's not that far away. That's next season after you're this floating next year with Kemba. No question about it. I think uh, Dudley, what's up? Yo, this is depressing. I know. What did you think it was going to be? Yo, Dudley, before you start, I just read, speaking of depressing, I just I just read through that B-Rob article, and man, that is depressing. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> Go um, on. Yo, I don't I don't know if, I don't know if anybody had the opportunity to watch Damian Lillard tonight. Yeah, I tuned in right after. It was pretty unbelievable. Holy moly! I would trade everything for Damian Lillard to Boston. Um, so I may or may not have missed the Lillard show for some reason. I was stuck watching the Lakers game. Like, gotta, <laughs> I was go. like, What channel is it on? I was like, Boomer status, and they're like, NBA TV. I'm like, Oh, yeah, I should probably check out the NBA 55 and 51 yeah. minutes, yeah, and 10, 10 rebounds or was it 10 assists? I'm not sure, 10 assists, yeah, 10 assists, yeah, and and, and where the shots were coming from. I mean, 12 threes, 12. It was a point. Of the game. It was a point in the game. I, I, I'm just saying, I can't believe what I'm watching. I, that that Portland doesn't deserve him. Anyway, um, so so we're talking about Lonzo Ball. Talk about Colin Sexton. Um, and and I get it. I, I feel like sometimes we've got we've gotten to a point in the last couple of years where we feel like we just need that. That pacifier, right? I, I felt this last year with the whole Gordon Hayward thing, and oh, if we can just get some, one of these scrubs from Indiana, or if we can just, you know, get something, and then all of a sudden in CPE, we was holding, holding on to those things. <laughs> I almost like feel like the whole season, you know, clamoring, drooling for, you know, eventually we got Fournier, but who 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 wasn't? Um, Aaron Gordon and. It was just, and, and just to, to pacify ourselves, just to give us an excuse to feel like everything is all right. And the reality is, no matter what, the best we're looking for with with any with any of those options is the three, the fourth seat. Um, and 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 that that's depressing to me. And so in this in this reality of where we are. Uh, I think that, you know, we've been dancing around this whole conversation. And I'm, I'm trying my best not to harp on it too much. But the conversation about the coaching and its status and so on. And, I, and I've sort of always been in that place where I'm kind of like, all right, well, you know, I don't know if we should fire Brad because we don't have enough evidence. Um, and yet at the, still, the same time, I'm realizing, well, if you can't do anything, if you can't trade anybody, and the only thing that you can do to sort of allow next year to be somewhat of a success is to change the coach, change, you know, change the, the philosophy of the team. And then I'm asking myself, wait, hold on. Why am I clamoring? Why am I asking myself 
you know, should I be holding out hope for Lonzo Ball? Why am I clamoring myself to see if, 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 I, if I can find a way to assess Brad Stevens again? Why am I doing all this? And you know what the reason is? It's Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge has killed us. And I'm not saying he hasn't made great draft picks. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying, but you know what? This is a, this is a, this, this particular point is, what have you done for me lately? And I mean, even last, I mean, Ori said something, man. I, I, I threw something about, Ori, you want about maybe throw something about my wall. When he told about, he, he picked up Chevy Ogilvy's contract player. Good Lord, have mercy. It's depressing. It, 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 it's it's sad to see the reality of what we are. And every single time I got to I got to hear Bobby explain away about how difficult it's going to be because of some cap thing that we hard <laughs> cap. We've been hard up on the cap. We've been so hard on the cap. Somebody should get pregnant. <laughs> so every 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 year we we hard on something. It, 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 you know, it's 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 it's, it's depressing. Every year we got to get some scrub from because we, everybody's talking about oh, we well, we got to trade the first draft pick, first round draft pick, and we never do because nobody wants our trash pick, and so we draft these little these corn balls only for I hear a, a, a press conference by Danny when he comes on he gives that generic little well you know they they're good rebounders and uh, great shooters great passers yeah they'd be really great for our team. And every and every time he says that for everybody, everybody's a good passer. Everybody's a good shooter. Everybody's a you know really good for our team. It, 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 it frustrates me to no end. You know, get get rid of everybody. There needs to be some pressure. There, there gotta be some pressure from the fans. We can't get this point of we're so in love. And I, I understand that this is term in Boston called green teamers. I don't understand exactly what that means, but I guess it's the suggestion that the Celtics can do no wrong. There yeah. gotta be some pressure. There gotta be some some banging down TD Garden's door for the sake of what's going on this year. Because I can't run it. That run it back is not nah. I can't take that run it back stuff. Oh, let's assess what's going on with with Brad Stevens and nah. I'm not I'm not trying to do that right now. And because every single time we're doing that, you act like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown aren't suffering through that that thing. And the worst thing I'm I'm not, I'm not feeling is how all these NBA uh, um, players, all these stars, are like hating Boston, but they love our players. It o- almost suggests like they're whispering in their ear, like yo. You better get out of this place real quick, dog. And I don't like that sentiment. They should get to a point where they, they, they don't like Jason Tatum. They don't like Jalen Brown because Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum is busting they behind. But it's not like that. There's like this divide and conquer mentality I don't like. And, and it's because of the culture. It's because there's something wrong with the Boston Celtics and we need a gosh darn shakeup. Excuse me for my gosh darn. I'm a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But in this... There needs to be, there needs to be a wake up call. There needs to be some pressure. It needs to come down. It needs to come down hard. I don't know what's going on with Wick. I don't know what's going on with the rest of the front office or what needs to be done. I don't know if they feel embarrassed or they're sipping the Danny Ainge Kool Aid. But Danny Ainge needs to go. He needs to go. And if Brad Stevens got to go vicariously through him, then so be it. 
but I'm tired of seeing this little, you know, run it back. We'll see. Trying to pick up some first person from the Pelicans to try to save our season just for us to get molly whopped in the first round next year again. Molly whopped. <laughs> I love that ending. Foolishness. That might be a good sign off. Uh, yeah, uh, Sherrod. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, man. Dully, my goodness. Way to, way, to, way to close the season out with the heat. He went full sermon tonight. He surely did, man. He surely went I feel like we need to get the collection played out for this this one. <laughs> this, this is what I Dudley's point. Dudley's point about needing to make a radical move is is a good one uh, because when you look at the moves that the Celtics typically make, they are not radical at all. They're they're very logical, sensible. You know, doesn't really. It's not really that big a risk. I mean, when you think about like. Traded for Kyrie. You traded Kyrie Irving, a perennial all-star, for an injured five foot nine point guard and a wing in Jay Crowder, who you are re- re- planning to replace with an even better wing in Gordon Hayward. So that that really was no risk. I just don't think it's going to happen, Dudley. I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think I don't think this team is built to make the kind of radical changes that you see a lot of other teams do, a lot of other franchises willing to roll the dice with. Um, you look at a team like Milwaukee. I mean, they they traded picks, players, anything and everything to put Giannis surrounded by a good guard in Drew Holiday, a good multi-positional defender in PJ Tucker. Uh, they, and they they that's what they did. And, and I don't think the Celtics are built for that. That's crazy. Uh, and and to, to Bobby's point earlier, I mean, from a salary cap standpoint, they don't have the flexibility to do that. But even if they did, I still don't exactly. think they exactly. I still don't think they do it. They're going to take this logical, sensible route, and it's going to help them a couple years, but is it going to get you a title? Is it going to get you a title? I don't think so. At some point, they're going to have to get bold. Get bold mm-hmm. or get lucky. One of those two things have to happen. Either get bold or get lucky. Uh, and when you, look, when you think back to the, two, the 2008 team, you know, you got Ray Allen because Seattle was basically had everyone in a mama on, on sale. You got KG because he got sick and tired of, of busting his ass and getting the number seven seed in the playoffs and getting bounced in six games. And so, boom, they were available. And you just have, and to John's point earlier, because you played all your young guys so much, they had value. So when you're trying to get a deal done, you had some assets that teams were high on, like, Al Jefferson, Delonte West, Gerald Green, those types. The Celtics ain't there. There's no one among their young core other than Tatum and Brown that anyone is seriously interested in. No one. And you don't have veterans with contracts or the health that makes them attractive. I mean, Tristan Thompson had like a good, what, two, three games? But damn, he played like, what, 50, 60? (laughs) I mean – and, and and Kemba and I love Kemba. Kemba's one of my favorite players, even before he came to Boston. Uh, he just hasn't been healthy enough to help the Celtics be successful, or frankly, have trade value. So those are two big veteranships that you can't play because they're just not attractive. 
to others. So you start going and you start going down this roster. You find every damn near every player has one major kink against them that makes them unappealing to other teams. And so that's why you got no choice but to run it back. And that's why I say you either get bold or get lucky. And for yeah. them, for them to, to, to get turn this thing around, they're probably going to have to get lucky. Modify, you know, it's a modified run it back with some enhancements, but it's not, you know, you're not saying like bring back Grant and Semi and this and that, but you're talking about the core mainly comes back, you know, one year better with a full off season, you know. Now there is some, yeah, there is some positive there to that it, because what are, what have we said all year, that, that amazing thing that, uh, you know, Kemba was already healthy all year. That kind of got thrown into a flux here. We'll see where that goes. But that ended up going all right for most of the year. And then on top of that, you had Tatum and Brown steps forward. Fournier looked like he was a good fit. Uh, you know, they were good defensively or better defensively when Smart was out there. And then the Rob thing was huge. But all that was just so unstable. And it's still unstable going forward when you think of this Kemba setback and just everybody's lack of uh, and confidence that Rob's going to be consistently healthy throughout the course of a full season. All this stuff is on such unstable ground that it does make it difficult to trust that running it back solves everything, even though you did see the glimpses of how good this team could be when they were close to full. Uh, it just doesn't – like there isn't anything... I, But don't you expect at the very least – again, I expect – look, you guys talked about it in the post game, Like – this little thing that clicked, Josue talked about it on Tatum, where like, fuck that, I'm going to be unstoppable now, you know? And like, you know, Jalen has made leaps each of the last two seasons. Like, don't you expect Jalen, Jason, Rob, Neesmith, um, Romeo, Pritchard, all to be better next year? Like, all of them? I do. John, I got a question. Who 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 do you guys think is the toughest or strongest personality that's available for the Celtics to try to acquire? I don't know. It's pretty thin, man. Like the the if you look at the free agents next year, not a lot of options um, in terms of who you can get. So now you're talking about can you extract someone from a team? Um, and I don't know. I mean, Bobby's got his you know, Patrick Beverly Clippers trade scenario that he, that he wants to try to oh, no, don't. work out. Well, this is a, this is a dump Kemba scenario. Oh, the key, get, get that guy, get that guy. The yeah. Clippers, the Clippers are still the great hope. Harold, Obviously they could, they could still lose the series to Dallas. Um, possibly, probably not at this point, but if they fizzle out here, that's probably the one team you look at with Kemba where, there is some need there at the point guard position. And, and don't um, sleep. Don't sleep. New York might take Kemba. New York I, might I be dumb enough. I don't see that one. I don't see it anymore. Let me work through a couple more people in the chat who are waiting in. Uh, Leeson, are you there? Uh, yeah. Speaking of what Dudley said earlier, um, Ains and Stevens, I really don't see them leaving for like another three years. So. Three. Yeah. Oh my god. You're going to kill Dudley. <laughs> I, I'm I'm sorry to say it, but I think the only way something radical will happen with this team is if Jason becomes another Harden. Like we need a Harden situation for this franchise to realize like what you're losing here. Like do not realize yeah. that we lost our championship run already. Like we're 
going downhill from this point. So it's just either Jason or Jalen get mad, Brad and Ains leave, Kemba dumped, or we're staying exactly the same downhill from here. Yeah, I mean it's and I would I would say it has to be Tatum because I don't think I don't think Jalen. I just don't. If Jalen were to go that route, I don't think it would have the same dramatic effect as Tatum. Because if Tatum were to put that out there, whether it's directly or indirectly, it would be like, oh shit, Tate, did, did he just did, did he just say he wants this to happen? Because you listen to his post game pressure today. I mean, he's talking about everyone has a role. My job is to go out and ball. Their job is to put the team together, and I'm gonna leave it at that. But if he if his tune changes, where he is now talking about hmm, maybe we need to add Bradley Beal. Maybe we need to go out and get Donovan Mitchell. Maybe we need to do that. Or maybe I need to go play with them. That changes everything. That forces change. That forces conversations that occur that weren't going to occur if it, if that wasn't put out there. So I think you're right. I think you're spot on. That has to happen if, if there's going to be change. Uh, why is everyone saying bye to Jimmy right now? I have Jimmy no idea. Because I said I was piecing out, but I didn't want right, to interrupt well, Sharon. All right, but real quick, I, 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 I've been trying all year to get Annie to join us on the chat, or all oh, year, at shoot. least during the there locker room. She is. And she accepted my invitation. So a- Annie's one of our loyal. Uh, uh, She's like one of our day ones. Day viewers. So Annie, what's up? Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't want to be rude, John, so I had to accept. What up, um, <laughs> So I don't necessarily have any Celtics comments, but I kind of just wanted to say thanks to all of the hosts. Um, As you know, I stumbled upon you as a Raptors fan in the bubble. And even though you were clowning the Raptors, uh, (laughs) you were so hilarious. I couldn't stop watching. And I only followed the Celtics casually before, but you're all so smart and funny and talented. Um... You made me interested in this team and more invested in it. So I can't imagine how hard it's been doing 72 games um, because I know you guys have, like, regular jobs and families and all that. And uh, especially last year when it was, like, every day it was, like, a parade of horrors and it was, like, a very disorienting time. Um, It was really awesome to have you guys just there to be, like, familiar faces that made me laugh. Um, a lot so thank you um, I appreciate you guys and I'm sure I speak for a lot of folks in the chat so thank you well thank you for finding us and keeping us going because that's kind of I mean we John might do a show to nobody but the rest of us you guys are the ones who uh, you know keep us coming back and we have a blast with you guys so appreciate it and maybe, uh, maybe your guy Kyle Lowry will be uh, give you another reason to to watch the Celtics next year. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I just want to see him happy as long Jesus as he's happy. So, so Annie, you must have been, you must have, so what, you, what you did is essentially you followed Bobby here, right? You, <laughs> yeah, right. the prime minister. <laughs> the, pri- the prime minister of Canada. You followed Bobby, you stayed here, you stayed loyal. Exactly. So, he's he, our he, honorary Canadian. <laughs> I will fully accept that designation. <laughs> so that's good. I'm glad, I mean, we know. <laughs> I'm glad we got to hear. Honestly, you, like I said, I see you in there every single day uh, in the chat. So it's been awesome having you along and 
uh, like I said, a day oneer back from the bubble. So uh, thanks for jumping on the stage, even if you didn't have a specific we made comment. It. We, yeah. we all made it from yeah. that day one somehow. Yeah. So thanks, guys. Thanks, Annie. Thanks, Annie. Um, whip through a couple more people here. Uh, Yo, I, uh, I am saying bye to everybody too. I gotta go before I, my phone. I'm gonna bring in a couple more people here, and before I drop test, Later, Jimmy, and blow the whole right, thing up. Jimmy. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with me this last year and a half or whatever it is. And uh, we're not going anywhere, so we'll, uh, I'll just see you guys next time. Everybody give, Jim, everybody give Jimmy a follow on Twitter if you haven't already. And then uh, also give a, give a follow here uh, on the uh, locker room so you know when, uh, when, 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 when he's going live, when we're doing off-season shows and, and, and whatnot. So thanks, Jimmy. Um, Lano, are you there? Uh, yeah, yeah, I am. Uh, I'm coming from Melbourne, so, um, and I'm new to this locker room experience. So I'd just like to thank you guys for the platform you guys are putting out there for us to be able to all talk on. So uh, thank you for that. But um, I got like like two things to say. Like I just I don't know what else we can do other than sign resign Fournier. Like I feel like if we have him, at least we can package his contract in other deals to get other players. Because I just don't know what we're gonna do. Like if we sit and wait around and hope these other like draft picks like pan out to something like we might be wasting years on Tatum and Brown like they might just get fed up with that like sitting around watching like dudes miss open threes and think no this isn't good enough like we want out of here like that's just how I feel about the whole situation but I think like one of our biggest issues is that we don't have any grit like I feel like we just soft and like I feel like I don't know if it's Brad Stevens like job to really make everyone tough but I just feel like like I feel like someone needs to light a fire in these dudes and they need to go out there and get mad like Kari punks them when they do nothing. Like, I just feel like we need some sort of grit. <laughs> I, I mean, we, we, I don't know if you caught us at that in the show, uh, Lano, and thanks for watching. Um, the, uh, we talked about that, um, that, yeah, he, the Kyrie steps on the logo. These guys get a bunch of open threes. KD's yapping at the Celtics bench and you didn't get a lot of, um, attitude or pushback back and you know Sherrod's talked about it a bit you need some dogs yeah it's just sad to see it's just I don't know it's just sad Sherrod we need the dogs right we need the dogs yeah we absolutely need the dogs yeah uh hello hello can you hear me? We got you. Yep. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? Yeah. Um, uh, the more the more I look at it, uh, the more I start to think that that they actually should have traded Jalen for Harden. To be honest. Oh. Oh boy. Uh. Okay. What made you? What? 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 what Where did you draw that conclusion? Just watching Harden. Yeah, 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 yeah. He he looks great. I mean, uh, the, the the next uh, three or four years, I mean, uh, Harden still got a lot left in the tank. And next to Tatum, and you could you got you got Pritchard coming off the bench, uh, and, and you signed Fournier. Uh, man, this team will be looking a looking totally different going into next season. Well, actually, they'd be in the playoffs right now. Here's here's my thing about Harden. Um, I, I, from a t- pure talent 
standpoint, you are spot on. He's that good. No question. But the one thing that we do know about James Harden is if he is mentally shutting it down, he sucks. Uh, we saw that at the very end in Houston where he was, he, cause he didn't want to be there. And that would be my concern about any type of deal involving him is how does he want to be here? And if he doesn't want to be here, you're going to know by his play. Uh, like near the, the latter stages in Houston, he was averaging like 16, 17 points a game. And this is a guy that can get you 16, 17 points in a quarter, uh, easily. And he just didn't want to be there and he played like it. And, and guys like that always make me nervous and uncomfortable, uh, because I literally don't know what I'm, I'm getting from them. And to give up an asset like Jalen Brown for a wild card like James Harden, that uh, again, it's, it's, you can't control whether someone wants to play for your team or not. Uh, you can't control whether they are going to go out there and play hard. And James Harden is a guy that I, I don't feel comfortable with him just having that will to play hard regardless of the circumstances. They have to be a certain – things have to be a certain way for him, you to get the best out of him, and I don't think that would have been the case in Boston. And so I, I totally understand why Danny didn't want to pull the trigger on that. Remember, remember, he did say at the end that Boston was on his list. Also, um, just a suggestion, guys. Um, I'm not sure how John and everybody feels about this, but uh, could we like limit uh, everybody else who comes on the stage to maybe two minutes? Just a good point. John? Hey, sorry, I lost you. I, I, I got this disconnected for a second. Thanks, Cap, for the feedback. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's kind of an open forum. Some people are going to, uh, you know, uh, hit it, you know, get in, get out with their comments. Some people like to, like, like to yap a little bit. I think we will. We, we got, no. I, I, I think we got some shade. I think we welcome all comers, uh, you know, so I think, uh, you know, I think there, I think there's room for all of it, uh, but I do appreciate it. I do appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Dudley talked for like 50 minutes. To- Dudley, Dudley likes, Dudley sets up, yeah. Dudley sets up his stories. Okay. Yeah. Don't be picking up old man Doug. Come on now. Oh man. Dudley. Dudley sets up his stories. Um, let's welcome in a couple more people. And uh, and then we're gonna we're gonna probably close it for tonight. Let's see who else we got. Uh, Chris, what's up, man? I'm gonna, I'm gonna and, and you guys want to keep it short. I'm about to bring Kess in the room. Okay, so if if that was what you guys wanted, you might have to uh, you might want to bail because uh, uh, we're bringing Kess oh in, in momentarily. But with Kess, yeah. Cass coming in. I'm gonna make a make a nice pot of tea. Here. Don't be that way, Bobby. <laughs> yeah. Stop it. Don't don't do that. Don't. Do that. Right, no, man. I'm just kidding, man. I Chris, love you, Chris. Let's Chris. Let's start with you. What's up? Hey guys, what's going on? I'm not gonna lie. I came in a little bit late. Uh, what's what's been most of the uh, conversation? Um, it's tonight? pretty positive. It's pretty mostly positive. positive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I guess. Uh, uh, this was this was the outcome everyone was expecting. I mean, um, we're, we were supposed to lose um, this season overall. Though um, the one thing that it 
I guess it revealed with this team um, and uh, maybe this organization too a little bit is that uh, that we're soft at the end of the day. Um, there isn't anyone I feel like on this team afraid to hurt someone's feelings um, on the opponent or on our team with like with each other. Um, there's no instigators. There's no um, anyone to set the tone and going into this off season, um, looking for those type of players, um, if it's even possible. Um, I think that's something that should be um, top priority. Um, like I look at a guy like Joe Ingles, I mean, that's probably not possible, but a player like that is someone I, who doesn't care. If you just watch how he plays and stuff like that, he just doesn't care about who he's going up against. He's, he comes with that fire. Uh, he'll push you. He'll he'll talk trash. Uh, he's not friends with really anybody. Um, a player like that is is someone that's really needed on this team. Just a little, just like, just to not reset, but just to to go into the upcoming season and just to change the, I guess, the culture in a, in a sense. Because the, the culture that we have now, it's just, it's just like nice guys. Like, I mean, like John was saying, like I agreed 100% with what John said in the in the post-game show with some of what I caught about everyone shaking hands and stuff like that. And like I saw it with, um, I think, Scal. Uh, Scal Brini mentioned it too. A little bit, I think I saw a video of him saying it too, like, yeah, stepped on the thing, on the logo and stuff like that. Like, So, um, yeah, we just have too many nice guys. It doesn't seem like too many smiles after. Like, I, I, I miss when people get upset. Like, show, and like I said, they, who are we to, 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 I guess, judge, in a sense, uh, how they should react after a loss and stuff like that. We're not in the locker room. You can't see stuff like that um but yeah um it's definitely going to be a really interesting Wait. off season you need you, you need guys to get pissed off because you need like you need enemies you know yeah you, like i i've always thought sports is as much about like hate as it is about love and not like hate like you it wish ill will on people because that's what you, fuels you you need you need to want to beat the other team badly and yeah. like Brooklyn is exactly the kind of team you should want to beat so badly. Like yeah. it should irk you losing to this team. These because they're so freaking hateable and pompous. And, and like, you know, I don't want to like pander and, to. Like, the and so the Celtics should be yeah. mad every time something good happened. This you'd want every Celtic to be as mad as every fan. I watch KD drain a three. And like my blood pressure goes up, you know, and like you, <laughs> you want, you want the Celtics to feel, feel what you're feeling a little bit. And when you yeah. see them appear passive, it's frustrating, right? Yeah. Like for an example, like look at, um, when, when Ray Allen went to, to the heat, right. KG still to this day, hasn't, hasn't dropped it. Like if we had like a 10th of that on this team, <laughs> we don't have any malice towards, towards Kyrie like it's like your ex going like being friendly with you showing off her new boy toy and like you're okay with it like to your face like that's what it is he left for something better and like everyone on the Celtics seems okay with it like I seen Robert Williams 
hug up on Kyrie and just going back and forth like that guy's his best friend. Like I'm just like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, like I, I I don't know, I don't know. Like he has he obviously has they obviously have a different type of relationship. But like if you have a guy who just basically gave up on y'all and then went to something better and then just beat y'all like that doesn't you you can separate that oh, that's crazy i don't i wouldn't be able to do that as as a competitor as a as a person like i, I can't do that like i'm not gonna be happy for you that you just beat me after you were on my team you didn't give half the effort yeah. we needed you no i hear you and soapy just put it in the chat um i i, <laughs> I, I agree with that their buddies coming in it's a different culture I know, like, you know, you're, if you're a little older and you've watched, um, you know. No, the chat stops working on my end. I hate that. But, yeah, I wish I could see what he's saying. No, but that's that's a, you it know. It is different. It's different culture, it's, but still. It's still. It's Soapy's still, still on stage. He can use, he can use, his, he can use his words. Use your words, Soapy. No, I know, but the chat is just funny. I wish I could. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, um, <laughs> basically, it's, it, it's just hard to expect true animosity from these guys because, most of the time, like, they grow up and they've known each other for yeah. years before they they've even get to the league. It yeah. sucks, but it is what it is. Yeah. No, and I know yeah, but it. This... But to me, it's like, yeah. it's still, you. they just robbed you of your manhood. You know, like, do you have to walk up smiling? You know, like, it's one thing to be sportsmanlike and, like, shake hands and, like, you know, and, show, res- and show respect. It's another to be smiling. And like, oh man, you know, like, like it doesn't bother you, you know, like if it bothers the fans, you want to see it bother the players. That's all it is. I know, like I said, this like outdated old boomer rage and everyone's like, yeah, this is the way it is. I get it. But like, if you're at home and you're mad, you want, you want them to, you want to, you don't want, look, how many people are mad that Kemba smiles after bad shit happens? You know, like you want. I'm mad you missed the shot. I want you to be mad you missed the shot. Like, we're mad you lost and got embarrassed. I want you to be mad that you lost. I don't want you smiling. I don't want you hugging Kyrie for 45 seconds and letting him (laughs) friggin' whisper in your ear. Like, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see it. Kemba would be down by 20 and show you all 50 of his teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Cass, you've been waiting. What do you got? Well, first of all, and by the way, anybody worried about the two-minute rule here? Like I said, you probably want to go. Your talk, Cass. I mean, <laughs> hey, if anybody else wants to jump on real quick, I mean, feel free, Karen. I mean, Natalie. I mean, if you want to bring other people into it, it's it's okay. I Can tried inviting Nat. She will. She 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 spurned me. Okay, no problem. That's okay. No problem. No problem. But truthfully, I mean, I was in a bad mood today. I saw the. The Lakers get blown out the frame, which is always a good thing. God willing, they don't win the championship this year. They stay at 17. And then the Knicks basically got smacked in the mouth yesterday. Now, granted, it's because, in my opinion, they the, the Hawks got a new coach, but I digress. Again, this is the team that didn't play no defense. <laughs> they didn't play no defense. They double teaming people. They doing this. They doing that. But okay. You know, I'm a gay. You know, hey, hey. It's the last game of the season. I'm just going to bring it down a bit. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to wake up in the morning. I'm going to start a brand new day. What I will say is this, um, and this goes back to something Josue Jose said, and even um, Jimmy talked about it as far as um, Jalen and um, 
Tatum and just their relationship. Um, I guess they were feeling that they weren't really boys or they didn't really work well together and all of that. You know what? And you already know how I feel about Brad. I'm not even going to belabor the point. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Because you know what? I, I how I feel, and I feel people who feel how I feel, they ride with me. I believe I had some converts. Bobby, you first in line. You 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 went up, you 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 buckled in. You on the bandwagon, baby, and it's okay, right? I must. Have- I know you, Beth. I hear you. I can feel you breathing on the phone. It's real. So, <laughs> oh, it's also oh, real. So, <laughs> and, and, and what I'm saying is real. Anybody who has anything to say about it, you know, it's real. It's coming from a real place as a real fan. Okay, but let's get back to Jalen and, and, and Tatum. What I want to see, because what Jose was saying, I, I got what he was saying. Even though I didn't, this, this didn't necessarily agree, I got it. I want those two gentlemen this summer to dead that. I want that to make. I want them to make that a non-issue. I want them to to link up over the summer and basically have their French lick moment. Anybody remembers Larry Bird? And Magic Johnson, when they got together one summer, when they were shooting commercials for um, a commercial for, for Converse, for the weapon. For Converse. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Said, the Converse this, weapon. That's right. This is a history lesson. Hi, I have me a pair, too. I got some leather pairs up. Anyways, that's, that's what that is. The Converse okay. weapon. That's the shoe that let Magic do what he was born to do. Again. I could sing that whole song, by of the way. Of course you I'm can, not John. That, John, that's why you bring me back on. Stop playing. <laughs> so with that being said... Magic goes down to French Lake. They link up. They talk, right? Um, Magic meets his moms. They see that they come from the same spot, working class, the whole nine yards. They, they, they get in a good place. They're friends. I'm not saying that they're not cool with each other. I'm not saying that they don't like each other. But what I want them to do this summer, them to do, is to say, this is our team. Forget the head coach. I'm not saying... Don't listen to the head coach, but this is our team. Take ownership. I'm looking at what Luke is doing. My man doing it with a damn broke neck. I'm looking what I'm looking at what Trey Young is doing. Skinny as hell, frail as hell, and he's giving it to the Knicks. Right? I want that with my team. Now, I have my feelings about Brad, but you know what? It's time for these gentlemen to now step up and do what they need to do to take control of their team. Take about a scrub for the neck. What do I mean when I say that? Yo, man, these are $100 million dudes. I don't care if they go down to Georgia. I don't care if they go out to the Lou. I don't care if they go to Vegas. I don't care to go to L.A. I don't, give a, I don't care. Get somewhere and build. I, I, I see them shooting and, and doing one-on-one drills with Hamlin and their guys. Okay, cool. That's cool. But I need y'all to start talking about what y'all want to do. How y'all going to make this team better? How you going to make your other teammates better? Do the Tom Brady thing. Bring those young boys in. And let let the team know that this is now our team. I said I keep on bringing up these other teams, Golden State. I keep on bringing up the Bulls. These teams that 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 were were subpar teams, and they made a move to be something great. I want those two gentlemen to put the pressure that Sherrod's talking about on ownership, showing that this is our team, and we're going to start doing things our way. And Brad, if you want to be a part of that, guess what? Get your backpack, get your rump sack, and, and hang out with us. I ain't talking about it. ain't got to be for the whole three months. And hopefully, because I know Jalen's going to be injured, hopefully um, 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 Tatum doesn't um, play for the Olympics or do whatever the hell. I, nah, rest. You, you, you've already shown what you could do. You got COVID lungs. Man, rest your body. But I want you, those two brothers to get together and build. 
one thing I, because I was a, Sc- a Scottie Pippen fan, and they've heard me bring him up many a time, and how people dissed them and called him soft. People are talking about how this team is soft. I believe that starts with leadership. And that's just on the, that, not just the players on the team. I'm talking about the actual coach. That's what I believe. But okay, let's leave that, let's leave that to the side. Pippen is taking on this label of being Robin, right? It's a Batman-Robin situation. I think this team needs to be more like an Iron Man, Captain America situation. Two bona fide leaders, two cats that can rock their own movies, do their own thing, but they choose to make one super film. They choose to do an end game. I know the cats I didn't see movies. My, my wife didn't see the Marvel movie. She knows what time it is. I'm talking about two superstars that have their own strengths, right? Two superstars that can do their own thing, but come together. I want to see that this year coming up. And I want from that happening to put the onus then on Brad to say, hey, Brad, now what you doing? I've heard all about what Tatum can't do and what Jalen can't do, but they put the time in. What are you now going to do? Are you the right man for the job? I do not want to go through another year or two or three with this nonsense. We are better than this. I'm praying to God on bending me every night that the Lakers lose, brother. I ain't even going to lie to you. I got my little daughter say, I mean, it's crazy. I do not want them cats to win at all. I want to see what these gentlemen are going to do for this team. And I'm going to leave it there. Yeah, Josue, this is one of Josue's favorite topics. If he's still here. Yeah, yeah, okay. no. I mean, yeah, I'm still here. Um, my, on my app, I haven't been able to see you for over an hour, so I have no idea. I'm, I'm at a sensory disadvantage. Yeah, same here. It's a, it's a hidden joke. Yeah. See, I can see Jimmy, and I can see, like, I feel like it's just, like, stuck in whatever. You're in some nether region of this app right now, but, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> right. go ahead. No, um... Yeah, I just think the conversation or whatever, you know, the, the, the thing I was talking about earlier in the season, it's just, it goes beyond, obviously, just one or two conversations. Are you on the 18th hole of the Masters right now, too? What's with the whisper? I don't know, man. It's late, but... <laughs> <laughs> like, they need to have a full-on, like, they need to be on a level that they can just get anything they want off their chest. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and obviously talk about what's going to make this team better. What kind of players do we need? Do we still believe in, in Brad? That that's got to come up too. I mean, not to say that that's going to be oh okay, let's get rid of Brad. You know, that's the solution. But they should be comfortable enough to say something like that to each other. Like they have to be. They're the stars of this team, and they're in this unique situation where they haven't even hit their prime yet, and they got a chance to compete here in the Eastern Conference. But if they don't figure this thing out, if they don't, you know, if they're not transparent with each other. And, and, and able to go up to, to Danny and have that meeting that they're, I'm sure, inevitably going to have this offseason and be ready to say, look, this is what, what what went wrong. This is what we believe is going to help us, you know, and this is how we want to move forward. And don't worry about us, you know, we're going to be working on this relationship and strengthen it to, to a point where while we're ascending into our primes, just put us in a position, give us a roster that we can – to put us in position to compete and you know that's got to be the kind of conversation or at least relationship that they all have really you know whether it's tatum or jalen you know hey i want to talk to danny about something or you know i don't know i just feel like there's just this this connection and and i really do believe it it starts with those two and obviously those are the two most important players 
Well, it, it has to start with them, but it, it has to start with one well, of them. Do you feel that disconnection kind of, Sherrod? Like, you well, what do you mean on? one of them, Sherrod? Well, I, I, one of them has to take that step to connect with the other. Because I don't think it should be Tatum going or Jalen. I think they both need to go in with a game plan and, and explain right. what they feel this team needs. Yeah. Uh, and it has to be both of them. It shouldn't be one or the other. And I, I think that's one of the things that, I think is one of their challenges because they're so close in age. There's no clear pecking order, even though Jalen is a little bit older. It's not old. He's not an OG by no means uh, compared to, to Tatum. And because they're so close in age and because I think they have a mutual respect for each other, I think sometimes they take it a little too far. And by that, I simply mean they haven't, they haven't been in the game long enough to have those uncomfortable conversations. They'd be comfortable having those conversations with one another. Uh, and it's not because they don't like each other. It's not because they got beef. It's because I think more than anything else, they respect each other to the point where they don't, they don't, they don't feel they're, they should be the one to initiate that conversation. So you basically, you get two guys who know what they need to do, but they're waiting for one or the other to, to take that first step. I think it's going to be Jalen this year. I think Jalen is just going to – I think I would think he'd be the one to, to initiate if I had to guess. And, and also, real quick, sorry about that. Like, also, like, between those two having that conversation or whatever it needs to happen this offseason, like, if it doesn't happen now when things are the way they are now, it's never going to happen. going to happen. Exactly. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. It has to be. Hey, hey, give give me their phone number. I'll get it started. I'll do that quick, fast, and late. <laughs> I think you know who's good at hey, you know hey, who's good at that shit. That's what I do. You, you know who else is good at that shit is Max. Mediate uh, this shit. Wait, hold on. I have a quick question. So the so Sherrod, you feel like that um, there's a pecking order issue with with Jason and, and Jalen with who the number one guy is or should be. I don't think I, I think the, the issue is that there's no clear pecking order. And I think because there's no clear pecking order, they don't know how to they don't know how to take that leadership mantle and run with it because there's no clear pecking order. And they're you know, I think they, they like to play that. Well, we'll just share the power. Well, someone even when you share power, someone has to take that first step. Yeah, when you're going forward. And I think both of those guys have the ability to do that. But I think because. They're in this weird shared power thing. Neither one of them is taking that first step that needs to be taken. Yeah. Quick question. We've been nibbling around this, you know, for a little bit. And I know you've said this a couple of times. So like my, my, I guess my put you on the spot question is like, are, are we thinking this is a thing? Are we hearing it's a thing? Is there more to it than just simply a vibe? Is there talk? Is there chatter that like, yeah, they kind of are, or is it just an observation? For me, it's an observation, uh, just because I, yeah, I've same. seen yeah. I've, I've seen this before when I was in Detroit, where you had you had Ben Wallace, Rip Hamilton, and Chauncey Billups, all three extremely talented players, all three potential leaders of that team, and at some point they realized that, you know what, Rip is going to be that number three guy. He's going to get us all the points. He'll be our leading scorer. Chauncey, you be the vocal leader. Ben, you be the guy that kicks everybody ass in practice as a leader. They all And they all bought into that. 
Tatum and Brown have to figure out how they can lead together. They can't do it the same way. They have to do it in their own unique way. Yeah. And I don't think that's happened yet. Because, again, you're talking about a 24, 23, 24-year-old kid. So, Sherrod, this is my question to that point. So, mm-hmm. remember, that all changed with the change of a coach, Larry Brown, who had been through things like that with different teams. So, mm-hmm. my worry is, unless these gentlemen do it themselves, it's really not going to be done to the extent that it needs to happen. I don't think they're beefing, per se, but I think they need to make the decision to say, you know what? We're getting all the blame and all the fame for what happens with this team. So we need to take total control of what we can take control of, which is what we do as a team, how we do our two-man game, how we play defense, how we set the tone, and then let that let, let our actions then lead the other young ones that we have talking about. When, when um, John talks about letting these other players play, I think that's good in theory, but unless you have those two superstars on the same page, and I, and I saw Tatum do those, he had those moments during these playoffs, um, clapping up um, Naismith. Um, saying what's up to um, giving love to um, Pritchard. I saw those moments. So I, I think they have it you in know. them. Hey, I think they yep. have it in them. But I think and, and I said, if it's an older uncle, if it's me, Dudley, I don't care. Reach out to him because I don't, that's one of the reasons I feel what I feel about Brad. I just do. I do. Now I'm getting mad. Okay, let me slow down. Let me hit the mute. Let me hit the mute. Oh, no. oh, my goodness. I said I wouldn't do this. All right. Okay. We would have found the trigger. Look at that. <laughs> based off, based off, um, well, Jay, if, I'm, if we're going based off the comments that, um, that Jalen says, um, I think Jalen knows that this team goes as far as Jason takes them because um, he, he clearly sees that um, his offensive game is – it's just it's just it's just higher than his. Um, he just scores easier than than him. But um, Jalen is smart enough to know that Jason needs him at the end of the day in those tough playoff games in those times. So so um, Jason can can lead with his scoring on the court and stuff like that. And Jalen can lead in the locker room and, and, and be that the heart, I guess, of the team and stuff like that. Kind of like, like, like we make those comparisons with the Jordan and, and the Pippen and stuff like that. If you like watch the last dance, they said that Pippen was the, the heart of the team. So in, in that sense, Jalen would be that for us. But I, I think Jalen does know that they, they need each other um, for, for them to be the best versions of themselves. That's just my opinion outside looking in. But but even with that comparison, we're talking about Tatum who can score sixty to fifty points. You talking about Jalen that can score forty and probably fifty points. Yeah. Even there, they're both shining. So my exactly. point is, yeah. So 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 it, to me, it's even higher than it's it, it's higher. So I want that to happen. Okay, again, let me mute. Yeah, I I, I, I think does does he have like a blood pressure monitor? Yeah. What's what's scaring me? What's scaring me is if they don't take this, that that ownership, if they if they if they're not taking the mantle, if they're not stepping into the the potential, not even the potential, but the but 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 the status that they 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 can own if they want it. The question then becomes: Do they really want it, or or are they just buying their time? That, that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about man. Are you not stepping up because? You don't know you can step up, or are you not stepping up because you're kind of like, eh, let me let Danny just do whatever he does. Eh, a couple of years, I'm out of here anyway. Like that, that's that's my biggest worry. 
That's why I'm saying, man, shake the whole thing up. You know, do something radical. Show these two that there's a reason for you to get energized. Don't let them feel complacent. Feel like this is just a, you know, a first stop for me to just do what I got to do, get my stats, especially if we start doing this whole, all right, let's just, you know, rebuild. Let's just try to, whatever the case may be. Then they're going to start feeling, all right, you know what? Then let's just make all-star games. Let's just your turn, my turn. It is what it is until it's time for real winning. And then, you know, we're not going to do it in Boston. That that's that's as well. You should be, but I mean, yeah. what, what what can we control? I mean, I'm up here yelling, talking about I, I want that coach out of here. I mean, but I can't. I mean, I only have but so much. I news. need Bobby. I need Bobby to write an article, a, a, like a scandalous article. I need like a, like a like a dirty article. Like get get people. I need I need one of y'all media people. Sherrod, come on, man, come. Come out, come out of retirement. Just, just kill these dudes with some sort of article. You know you got deadly. You're a man of the cross. Be easy, brother. Slow down. Slow down. Sherrod's not in retirement. Sherrod's doing plenty of writing for plenty of different. I'm outlets. saying, do, yo, pull, pull something huge. I'm saying, do, write something scandalous, like well, to get them off their body. Uh, but I am interested in the, you know, like I said, we always talk about like. That Jackie Mac, you know, you know, article of like what really went down. Like I, there, like I said, we have not done the autopsy on the season, so we don't know. We might find out it's actually pretty boring and really nothing, and that everybody in there was like, "Yeah, we're good. We just were hurt and sick and like COVID and all that stuff, and we'll be fine." And if that's their general but, vibe, then they probably are going to come back for the most part. You know, smart for- was smart was talking about stuff for a little while now just kind of like putting it out there in his own case i guess it was deaths in his circle um that he said he was dealing with this year and i i know we've talked about like him not looking like himself at times this year so that's obviously something right there but he said like quite a few people were going through certain things that people don't know about this year so that that kind of stuck out to me toward the end of the year and he said that a few times yeah there was a vibe that there was more more to it than that as far as um, well, he alluded to that earlier this year, where where yeah. he he just kind of you know in a very kind of cryptic way said that you know there's some things that you know they were dealing with as a team that you know um, were 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 real, were serious, and and kind of heavy. Yeah. So, um, yeah. not not a surprise there. Yeah, as far as um you know assets and this and that, and I know um Julian I believe brought up an article B Rob wrote. Uh, on mass live, but uh, just as far as, you know, the massive tax bill, if you re up with smart, sign Rob to a team friendly extension, bring back Fournier and have, still have to pay Kemba, obviously seems like more than they can stomach, but we're talking about, you know, we've been debating smart and his trade value. This is the problem again. It's going to cost you more to get rid of guys than it is to, um, to trade them. And this is where you're a little stuck. But what B-Rob wrote about Smart was um, um, he could be a useful trade ship, but he only has one year left on his deal, so his value is limited on the open market. One league source told Mass Live that getting a late first-round pick for Smart would be a challenge unless Boston took back an unattractive contract as part of the deal. So, again, this is just one person talking, but at the end of the day, I do think people have to – this idea of, like, don't run it back, you know, I I, I do think – 
people really need to ready themselves mentally for how limited this team is and what they can do um, right now. Uh, and in fact, it's probably more likely they 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 cleave than than than, than add because they're in a really tight spot. At best, they bring like running it back might be best case scenario. As shitty as that sounds to some mm-hmm. people. I'm, but I, I don't know how else to put it because they have very limited trade assets. This is again why you know where Sherrod and I are coming from on the you got to play what you have now to hope that they're either good or that they are attractive to trade for 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 players later. Because right now the cupboard is bare. You either you it, you either have some stuff that has value and you have to get it out of them, or you don't and you're screwed. Either way, you're not improving unless the people you have currently on your roster either get better for you or get better or you fatten them for slaughter. And, and so that's, that's why that might be the key to it all. But otherwise you're bringing back the majority of the roster and hoping for improvements across the board. And, and I just, I don't think there's a magic. I don't think there's some magic solution here that, you know, that, that, that's coming. The next year is Brad's last year. All right. Just, just book it then. Just, just book it. From what you just said, from what, I think I see on the floor, this is last year because that's the card. I'll, I'll say it again. Atlanta is playing defense right now. Like, like just, just think about that. Supposedly, Collins didn't like Trey and this, that, and the third. But guess what they're doing? They're dapping each other up after my man split his lip playing defense. So guess what's going to happen? You know, people don't want to believe it, whatever the case would be. He's, he's gone. He's gone. Because if you're saying that, those two, those, those two gentlemen that I say need to get, uh, get with each other in the summer, they're not stupid. Their camps aren't stupid. So he's gone. I don't know. So now, as I, Maybe. As I said again, yeah, well, I, I, I'm, like I said, I'm going to put it out there. So, so God forbid something happens to me tomorrow, y'all can say Kess said it. I'm saying it. I'm putting it out there. And so the question now is, whether it's Danny or another GM, who are those replacements? It's a good question. Guys, before we wrap it up, your thoughts? Well, the Danny thing's interesting this off season because if you're thinking of replacing him, there's no better option than Masai Ujiri. I know. And this is the it. one chance you get to get him because he's going to obviously sign a long-term deal that's massively lucrative here. If um, you think so, it's an improvement, you make that move and you make it in the next few days. Not, not right? Hey, he built the Raptors. So, and again, I don't know. Like I said, if something big happens, it happens very fast. And if not, everyone, you know, just be prepared for a very frustrating offseason of, like, do something and then seeing nothing be, get done. Because um, I, I just don't see it. I don't see the big splash. I think the greatest thing you're going to be able to do is find somebody to take Kemba. And I just I don't know how realistic that is. I don't think that's very realistic at all. Um, nope. that, if that smart thing's true too, John, oh, they're in trouble. But they're that's where I've always trouble. been at it, Bobby. That's what I've been saying from the beginning uh, is is that I, he's not an asset anymore. He's in an expiring deal, and I, at best you get a low first round pick. You know, and I, yeah, and I don't they even waited know if too get... long. Yeah, I, I never thought. I personally, I never thought Smart was a, a, an asset that got you anything great. Like, I always thought he was better for you than he'd be for someone else. I think this, the sad reality here with the entire team is 
they're better for holding on to everybody than they are for getting rid of them because they don't have value to anyone else. They have more value to you. And that includes Neesmith and Romeo and Smart and Kemba. Trading them actually makes you worse. You're, you're not getting anything better in return. It's pennies on the dollar. If you get something, it's a crappy contract you don't want or you're giving away picks to dump the money. And, and you will, you'll be worse on the floor. You'll just be you won't be as burdened with salary. Let me let me ask you this real quick. What do you think about um Memphis though? They have a lot of depth on that bench and um you don't think a trade for smart, you don't think that's that's possible. I don't think anyone on that team's making too much money. Um they have you some more Morrison, Melton Melton and all those Allen. I'd love to see Grayson Allen in the Celtic uniform. Um Dead eye shooter can create a little bit. Um, I don't know. OKC. Uh, I just you know with the seventy thousand pick. I think you're looking at teams that have a uh, so many picks they don't know what to do with them yeah. uh, as possibilities. And Bobby's always kind of looked in those directions too. I don't know. I don't know. It only takes one, right? I just you know as I said, is Smart's the type of guy if he's a free agent. Yeah, if you've got money. Absolutely. Can he help your team? Can he help change your culture? Can he be that piece that you need? For sure. Are you giving away real assets to acquire him? I don't think so. I just don't think so. The thing, too, about Smart and Thompson as the only visible trade options for this team this year is that you actually need both of them. Smart's passing, Thompson as a reliable big man. Uh, There aren't a lot of big men options out there this year, and you obviously can't rely on Rob alone at that position next year. Uh, So that's going to make it even harder. The Celtics are so thin that giving up things and getting things back becomes a bit of a lateral move in that sense because you're giving up the important rotation players on your roster in those those situations. And the guys guys behind them have not shown the ability Ability to step up. No, it's so brutal. Like this, this had to be a developmental stepping stone year at the very least. And you saw a little bit from Neesmith and you saw hints from Pritchard. Other guys stagnated. And then you have a guy like Romeo who was just like still at square one. You have no clue what direction he's going in. So there is no uh, reason for even excitement or anticipation of growth with those lower guys on the roster. There aren't. Uh, guys that you look and say maybe two, three years, these are going to be great contributing players here. You didn't get that consistency in minutes or production or development this year. Not to say that none of them will be good at some point here, but it's just much harder to, like, you know, Sacramento looks at Halliburton and they're like, this is going to be a guy for us. The Celtics have no... uh, you know, replication of What did the Celtics say about what were you and other Celtics fans saying about Rob Williams after year one? The talent's undeniable. Nothing. And what are we Nothing. saying? Nothing. And, what, and what are we saying now? Different, different story. Yeah, but right? we different knew story. Rob was a play. top 10 prospect who fell because of certain So things. was Romeo. Can he play a full season? Romeo was a top Romeo was a top five Top five in the nation Fair enough. Uh, recruit entering college. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so again, this is blue chip talent here. I, that's that's why I've always been bullish on Romeo. Yeah, yes, is but, there something there? But what does he do? I, I still don't see what he does. 
He's a slasher. He's a slasher. He's a slasher. <laughs> like, he, he's a slasher who absolutely, even if you just watch tonight, has enough coordination and athleticism to be able to develop a, a serviceable uh, jumper and a three-point shot to, to, to at least make that a, a part of his game that he can threaten to shoot. Um, and then he can play D and he can get to the basket. I think um, he could, and, exactly. and he can help you in transition. I think he can lead this team in free throw attempts. I, I, I think that's his potential. He, he, he was a really scorer. He's a natural rim. scorer. What's the hardest yeah. thing to do in basketball? Create your own shot. He's a guy that that's what his bread and butter was, is being able to get places on the floor to get shots. Like, that's a valuable skill. I, I still have some hope. I, I Again, I think you, you give up too quick. We, you, Rob had a pedigree. Fell because of injury. He looked like a lost mess in year one, and even late last year, where you're you're talking, Bobby. I'm not like put, blaming you or anything, but you're saying rightfully so. He's unplayable in this series. You know, like he was unplayable in the playoffs last year, and he was irreplaceable within 30 games into this year, and and our third best player almost right away. So you can't give up that quickly. You know, like. I, and I, Rob, there's another leap in Rob. So I have there's some things I'm excited about. I, I'm not I'm not as depressed about the notion of bringing back some people and and seeing them continue no, to evolve. I, yeah, I think you saw it again. You guys go, oh, it was the Rockets and the Hornets. But that weekend where most of the group was together and they finally knew what they were doing rotation wise, and it was compact, and you didn't have to go down to those depth guys. They really became. I don't want to say like a, a world beater that week, but they were a very competent, solid two-way team in that case. Now, we're talking championships here. There's not a championship aspiration for this group, which is what's frustrating here. But if you run it back and all things run right, there's no reason to not expect a four seed here. Like That is definitely within reach because it, it was within reach. It's the beyond the of a four season. seed. The best, the best case scenario, I think, if you bring it back and you start to – and you're developing some of the younger players here is a, a competitive team that brings you back into the four or five seed uh, in a more competitive way where you can beat any, where you might be seated there, but you also have a puncher's chance at beating some of the better teams. But beyond that, again, as Sherrod said, you're developing players for your own good and players who could potentially be assets to roll up a year from now. So it's not a wasted year. It's a necessary year. You have, it's the, 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 the alternatives are worse, is all I'm saying. There's a difference. This is picking between two not great options. I think this is a slightly better option that has a potentially bigger payout than whatever it is that you think we're going to accomplish, you know, with 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 whatever I else. I'm going to say do. this, too. Tatum, man, like what he did in this series with everything going wrong for the group – just another step for him, and he just keeps making those steps. And that's the thing. You're expecting another leap from Tatum and Brown as well. Right. I'm expecting Rob to potentially be all-star caliber next year. Like, if all of these people make leaps forward, you're much – you don't realize. That's the thing. You look at it on paper, and you're like, it's these guys. But two years from now, they might be totally different players. Um, and just – if they continue on – look, how many times – let's reverse it, Okay. How many times during the year are we am I am I hard on Tatum or somebody and everyone's like take it easy he's only 23. Well by that reckoning by that reasoning doesn't that also mean he's going to continue to get better and better? That alone makes them a better team with Tatum and Brown continuing to improve. Right? 
You're 100% right. If anybody talked to a Brooklyn Nets fan about this upcoming series, what they wanted to see was Jalen Brown and Tatum go and of course, Kimba, go against their, their, their big three. They actually see where they are as far as a benchmark. And I expect much more from them next year, which is why I think they actually need to get together and say, hey, we're the driving engine of this team, and let's drive it. But, uh, yeah, I, I, you say fourth seed. Why not third? Why not? And with injuries? I mean, so, how, again, the part that, that's frustrating to me is knowing that you have teams who have superstars who, have, who are injury-prone. Look what happened to Embiid. Um, Kyrie. Look what's going – what could possibly happen with Harden? Look, with KD, he just came back from the Achilles. So my point is we need to try to be the best we can be. All this – this way and let the uh, let the other shit fall wherever it falls, right? You never exactly it put right. your best foot forward, and 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 so again, these are you can't jail on cheap money. You, you have room to wiggle, to move, to maneuver. Like, what are we doing here? I mean, yeah. So I don't say I don't say a fourth seed. No, no. I'm looking at third. I'm looking at potential a number two. You fill in the roster. You 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 instill confidence in these young boys. Like, I want a leader again. Atlanta, a bunch of young Lloyd, Lloyd, Lloyd was it Lloyd Pierce, um, coach, tried his best, got him out of there. It changed. This is not. This is again. This that's the part. Just it blows my mind. The, the the blueprint is right there, gentlemen. It's right there. It's right there. Give it a try. And, and granted, this is not your call, but this is. I'm just. This is come on, man. We have talent, man. We have talent. There's still talent there. I'm not, like I said, is there's talent there. The problem is I think everybody's been spoiled over the last few years where there was talent, but also there was endless possibility. Each offseason was who could we trade for, for who? What could we do with these picks? You just don't have that anymore. But there's still talent. So it's not as desperate as, as as people are making it out to be. That's that's my Especially thought. at the top of the roster. Yes. Yeah. Which and is what matters thing. here. Like Everybody we, else we, wants that. And so again, we fuss about the Grant and Semi and all that stuff. Yeah. It, like the Tatum, Brown, Kemba if he can be right and those type of guys is what matters. Kemba's, and I throw Fournier into that group too because he's a real solid fourth, third, fourth option. I gotta so say the Kemba comments, Kemba comments tonight um, were pretty depressing. Tough. Tough. Oh, after the year he had, and he said it himself, he thought he did a pretty good job with it this year. And then for it to just get derailed at the end the way it did was like yeah. right at the end. Brutal. And, and now and, that, and, that leaves and he, a million questions going into next year. And that's the thing is any notion, you know, with Brad trying to shield, um, you know, the, the truth from people saying, I think it was more the bone bruise than it was the knee. And it can but just kind of, you know, dispelled that after just saying, I got to get myself right. You know, like he knows it's still not right. He's hoping another off season of rest makes it right, but it seems like it's very uncertain. So who knows, but not to end on a, on a depressing note um, with the Kemba stuff, you know, but we've been going for a bit, so we are going to wrap it. Um, Joe Sway, Sherrod, Bobby, any last words? Trade those picks. <laughs> trade those picks uh, no this was awesome um, what we do not the team in their season that not so awesome um, 
it's going to get better. I mean, that's the good thing. I, I can't imagine it's going to get much worse than what we saw this season. So that is a, the silver lining in all this. Um, that is so true. Like that, that's true, John, right? It can't be worse than this year. It can't be. And, and I think actually it could be leaps better simply, like I said, is just with the regular improvement. Like, you know, I, I do think at the end of the day, like, you know, it's everyone wants what you have, you know, the, the, Two, two already ready-made superstars under the age of 25, you know, that, that's, those, that's the foundation of a team. And then you kind of fill from there. As I said, is their ability to maneuver is the thing that's been reduced over time, you know, uh, over the last couple of years. They just lost that. They had so many pieces and so many assets and so much stuff, and they don't have it anymore. They squandered a lot of it. And that's – now – when you want to do something, you can't now, and it sucks. You know, you want to build that addition. You have a nice house. You want to build that addition, but you just you don't have anything. You don't have any money left. You don't. You just can't do it. So, um, Josue, Sherrod, anything here? Because uh, we let's close it up. No, nope, I'm good. Joe, right. is, is Josue still here? I don't believe Josue is really here. <laughs> No, but he does no. this. He leaves his little smiling face here to make us think that he's here. Um, and then, then when I wake up, he's still going to be here. Um, <laughs> but one more time, right, I will say for on behalf, peace there he is. <laughs> <laughs> on behalf of those here and not here, Jimmy, who's, who's gone, and Bobby and Sherrod, um, just once again, shout out to everybody uh, uh, you know, with us now who's been with us throughout the year. Uh, newcomers, uh, you know, uh, OGs, whatever it is from back in the bubble. Obviously, Chris, Dudley, Sophie here, Kess still hanging out with us. Natalie, Annie, um, you know, like I said, George, a uh, ton of the uh, ton of the regulars here who've been here every day. Brady, um, thank you uh, again. Awesome experience, fun stuff. Um, sorry we couldn't go deeper. And Ore, of course, geez, uh, sorry we couldn't go deeper into the playoffs. Uh, and get to do more game reaction, but we will do more uh, basketball talk, Julian, uh, and reaction as time goes on. So uh, make sure to follow us all uh, on our personal handles. Follow us here on Locker Room. You'll be notified when we uh, when we uh, uh, decide to go live. We will be doing uh, one-off shows. We'll probably do a couple next week. I think we'll take the rest of the week off. Uh, Tyler, of course, thank you. Um, everybody here, I want to thank Amit, uh, who's our producer, uh, and kind of MC of the chat room here, uh, hanging with you guys. He gets the locker room started. He keeps you guys all frothy. Uh, thank you, Amit. Um, and, uh, he's also, uh, helps produce the, uh, the post game show, uh, for us. And he's been a uh, tremendous for us as well. So thanks to Amit. Thanks again to, uh, Nick, uh, Gelso founder of the company, not in the room right now. He'll definitely be part of some of our uh, off-season coverage. So anybody who loves the Boomer Ridge, um, make sure you tune in because you'll get you'll get healthy doses of Nick. I'm sure. Um, that's it. That's all I got. Um, Thank you guys for this uh, for this for this platform. I didn't know there's so many great Celtics fans out there. I appreciate it. It's really yeah. great conversating with you guys. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And uh, thank you guys. I mean. We've all got lives. We've all got jobs. You guys are hanging with us late too, so uh, we've enjoyed we've enjoyed all of it. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Absolutely. Good stuff. Good stuff.
Thanks, fellas. Hey, just pass that on to Jalen and um and Tano for me. About... <laughs> okay, my bad. Oh, my bad. All right, fellas. Hey, y'all have a good night. Hey, we will Please. see you guys. Uh, we will see you guys very, very soon. Good night, all. <laughs>